Well, let's get started. I'm Max. I'm Jeanette. I'm Kim. And we do a podcast called Bitch Bitch With with Me. Me. Every other week, we get together and have a freewheeling conversation on politics and pop culture. As it pertains to women. Shout out to the ladies. Heyo. From the Me Too movement to Janelle Monae's vagina pants. From our lightning bitch to our bitches of the week. You can find us everywhere that you listen to your major podcasts. So iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, all those great places. We're there. We are. So come bitch with us. Come bitch with us. Come bitch with us. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm April and I'm Steph and you're listening to The Thirst. You can find us online with Twitter at The Thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash The Thirst Pod, iTunes you can search for us The Thirst, Instagram we're at The Thirst Pod and if you want to email us you can do so, it's thethirstpod at gmail.com. That was um, flawless, it was well flawless. done April. Thank you so much. And um, We also have a Tumblr which I am updating on the regular, thanks. Well done. Um, it's thethirstpod.tumblr.com and there you'll find um, a list of all the things we sort of talk about in the podcast along with some links and some articles and some pictures as well have a snoop um thanks to everyone who's downloaded the episode so far um told their friends subscribed given us some feedback uh, if you would like to leave some reviews on itunes that would be really great yes, thanks please. um this is episode 18 what's your 18 visions 18 visions <laughs> we um forgot to do our number pun and we both rapidly had to um do some quick... 18 visions simples yeah i mean to be fair 18 visions is probably the only thing worthy of classy 18. band that and just the fact that our our pod is now like legally able to drink alcohol oh my God, in the uk can. that's amazing can it can vote it can watch yeah it can vote it can watch go to the rated. cinema and watch an 18 rated film we can talk about 18 rated films in this now. podcast oh my god which never stopped us before things have nef- definitely never taken our podcast is actually an adult now a true grown-up um well done us um so news um it's been a busy one it's been a busy one um we thought we would just do some sort of standout things that we big, were interested in big events big events um met gala happened. yeah that's the thing that happened um the 2018 met gala was on the 7th of may um this year the theme was catholicism my um, favorite it, theme your favorite theme to coincide with the launch of the new um exhibition heavenly bodies fashion and the catholic imagination um if you're unfamiliar with the met gala it's an annual fundraising um benefit for the metropolitan museum Museum of Arts Costume Institute in New York City. It usually coincides with the grand opening of the Institute's annual fashion exhibition and has been um, overseen by Anna Wintour of Vogue um, since 1995. Mm. Um, Do, did you realise how much tickets are? Uh, well, I didn't until today, no. Do you, would you like to enlighten the $25,000. Isn't that insane? So if you're not on the actual guest list, you have to actually pay. I mean, to be fair, the event is a is a fundraising opportunity so i suppose they just want rich people to come is it fundraising for the met yeah okay it's specifically for the for met. museums why don't we do that in england i don't know it is weird Natural history museum fundraising benefactors seems like more of a big thing in the states mm. i don't know if that's just because it's not i mean museums tend to be free here a lot of the time yeah that's also true um so i don't know but yeah it's that was the um the theme so was catholicism um it got a lot of criticism across social media obviously um because, because was it 
because of the, well, the fashion here, alongside the, yeah, the sacred artefacts yeah, of Catholicism. But, so many have called the theme blasphemous and sacrilegious cosplay. You say one of the terms. many, who gives a shit? <laughs> well, to be fair though, so with the exhibition itself, so the actual um, thing at the Costume Institute, the Catholic Church had lent more than 40 palpable vestments mm. from the Vatican mm-hmm. and Cardinal, um, Cardinal Timothy um, M. Dolan ad- attended. So I think he's quite high up within the Catholic Church maybe within the states i feel like if they're going now they're obviously cool with it they've probably checked with god god I doesn't feel mind like you probably wouldn't lend things out if you were, if you hated the idea if you of hated it. the idea of it so that's fine um i've got a list briefly of some people that i thought were the best dressed yeah i put some down as well so um rihanna yes i think rihanna's kind of the rihanna is rihanna's cons- the one that everyone waits for every year anyway yeah rihanna consistently is the one who like sees the theme at the met gala and always runs with it she had like a john galliano um it was fucking outfit, crazy which was like she had like a proper purple hat pope hat she looked amazing it was yeah she looks so good she i just, think she knows the game and she knows how to play she, it and i i always look forward to seeing what she's gonna do at the met um i pulls really, out of the bag every time consistently i really enjoyed lana del rey's Yes. Gucci outfit where she was proper um Our Lady of Sorrow. She had a sacred heart. She had a big head. It was about as literal as you could be with that. Oh my god, theme I keep thinking well. about it. It's so so good. But um, she was often teamed with Jared Leto. Jared Leto, who actually went as Jesus. He looked like Jesus and went as Jesus, had a crown of thorns, didn't he? I mean, so. he's got a bit of a Jesus complex anyway i fear exactly uh, he, so, so it's in particular surprised he's um, not on my best dress list. no i mean there were a lot of people wearing kind of headdresses yeah of kind of very similar to things you would see in um religious imagery so mm-hmm. um lily collins um, that was my favorite i really one of my favorites it. basically something that i think i probably would have aspired to wear as a teenager yeah so it was all black Givenchy, and then she had like a kind of ha- halo headdress which i thought she just looked amazing um i like scissors pink versace as well yes very good um cardi b cardi b was great and i also liked that Cardi B and Jeremy Scott were wearing Machino and Jeremy Scott was one of the only dudes who actually, actually bothered to do to anything it. because, of course, the guys who go to Met Gala never seem to make much of an effort. It's like, so a suit doesn't count, dude. Well done, guys. A suit doesn't count. Well so his was a pretty good effort, I'd say. I really liked it. Um, I also liked Janelle Monáe and Marc Jacobs. So she had like a... She, all, yes. she went with her consistent black and white theme, which is something she always tends to do. But she had this amazing kind of like gold hat, which when she tilted her head back, had like a halo yeah. effect around it. It was amazing. Um, Greta Gerwig. I loved Greta Gerwig's nun outfit. <laughs> that was that was a thing. It was so that was good. a bit much. Um, I liked Zendaya's um, Versace. Zendaya's was... Joan of Arc. Oh my God. That was powerful. It was so good. She looked... Powerful. She's just amazing anyway, but she looked absolutely stunning. I also like Lena Waits. Um, kind of outfit she mm. wore kind of a I think she did have like a, a suit on really but then she, she had like a huge rainbow flag yes. cape which I think was a perfect shot at mm. kind of the um the intricacies and the difficulties of the Catholic mm. Church, especially with um, LGBTQ mm. rights, well, who obviously Lena Wright is very, someone that's very outspoken about that and that felt like a very very poignant yeah purposeful piece so I think this is like my favourite Met Gala thus far it had so many good outfits it's the best one of recent it was a very good theme and most people um, 
use the theme to its full effect. Yeah, last instead year's... of going, oh, this is just a pretty dress that doesn't relate to the theme. There at were all. quite a lot of people though that didn't really understand and they the stuck theme out, like or a sore thumb. just decided to rock up with like an amazing slinky dress and then would have like a crucifix which they thought covered them yep. for Catholicism. I, I where when it comes to the Met Gala, bearing in mind it's an event that's specifically for and to honour like a costume institute, I always feel yep. a little bit like you should go to like the extreme of of outfitting mm-hmm. like it's not just like a formal event so i know oh, i always this like this costume mate. i always like the people who do kind of really elaborate things yes. and i don't understand why you would bother going if you're just going to wear something really boring and don't adhere to the theme i had so many people there were so many boring it. people miley cyrus basically just wore like a nice dress but, but that's literally no. like why are you going to your prom i mean i don't know do girls wear that to their prom i wouldn't the kardashians as well i wasn't kendall jenner was just insulting i think yeah like i feel like that comes with like kardashian snobbery yeah i mean i i think the thing with like kim kardashian so she wore like a um i think she wore versace but i don't know it her dress was like a gold gold body and i guess she kind of i think the gold i think the angle was that she was meant to be like a holy goblet or something but it just like it was just a gold dress wasn't it kylie jenner wore weird half glasses yeah and she was wearing like flary whatever she was just wearing an outfit i think she'd wear any time yeah for them like it you could have i think you could like superimpose them onto any other red carpet and you wouldn't know that it like 100% 100% was for that particular event. Um, someone I thought who someone who had taken the theme on <laughs> fully, mm-hmm. but I didn't really like was Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, I hated the outfit, but I like fair play, which was like absolutely terrifying. I think it's, it's a head piece. Yeah, I don't. It's I'm, very severe, isn't I it? I don't. I'm not into it, but actually, like she, I mean, took fine. the theme and ran with she it. She did so it. Fair play. That is true. I've just said that I like it when people take the theme, so you know, fair fair play. I mean, yeah. That is very true. She did do a good job. Um, yeah, apart from that, there wasn't anyone else that... I mean, I, I could have spent ages going through, like, the... There's about 5,000 people, so... I yeah. Mean, yeah, I think it's for, always a, for good a beginner's ex- list, that's pretty... I seem to remember Kate Moss wore something really boring as well. Oh, but... she, bearing in mind, Kate Moss hasn't been in about 10 or 15 years. I think it was... She like just a, thoroughly underwhelmed. It was, like, a big deal that she had gone, and she literally... I think she wore, like, a little black dress, like, literally, like, looked like a slip. Yeah. And I think maybe had wings or something odd. It was... or fl- It just was a bit, like... God, that's also reminding me of Katy Perry's dress. Oh, the big wings. The big, big wings. I just don't care about Katy Perry. Do you no, care about No, I Katie don't Perry? like Katy Perry particularly. No, I think that died a death, like, really quickly. Yeah, I think that she's... She's probably a nice person. But... I had a Katy Perry t-shirt once. Did you? Yeah. I liked early Katy Perry when yeah. it was like the Teenage the first Dream two, era. two records. Oh, Teenage Dream's such Teenage a good Dream's summer a great song. great song, but no, no more. No, no. more. So that, but she did go full on Angel Wings, so yes. fine. It did remind me a bit of Dogma though. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just couldn't like, not she's think like of Dogma. Alan Rickman. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not mm. into it. But, I would um, rather have Alan Rickman than Katy Perry. Always, at all costs. Can yep. is the next big thing. I guess we should probably discuss. Yeah. Running from the 8th to the 19th of May this year. Um, obviously, a lot happens at Cannes. Um, but we kind of picked out, I think, a few things um, of importance to discuss. Lars von Trier's film. So more than 100 people walked out of it, uh, branded it disgusting. Um, he has been banned. Um, he was since... named Persona Non Grata. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yes, so he's been banned um, from attending Cannes since... 
I think it's since 2011 when he joked that he sympathised with Hitler. Always a good joke. Always a great, great joke to make. Great I think. joke. Uh, so it's, the ban was finally lifted so he could go and screen his new film. Um, it's a dark and grisly serial killer comedy. I'm not sure about the comedy bit. Um, no. Called The House That Jack Built. Um, so the movie starring Matt Dillon as the lead portrays a serial killer as he carries out 12 murders and shows the mutilation of women and children, our fave. Um, it's been branded disgusting and torturous. The thing that Thoughts? I found most jarring about, so when I had been reading about this during the week, was the fact that, yeah, okay, 100 people left the screening, but also it had a six-minute standing Didn't it ovation. Didn't have a standing... Do people just really love giving standing ovations at Cannes, though? Cannes batshit anyway, and I always feel a bit like, you know when you hear news about films coming out of Cannes, you have to take it with a huge pinch of salt, because Is it's... Cannes like the movie Coachella? Yes, I think it Another the twilight zone of weirdness. I think you have to just take it with a pinch of salt because, you know, there are so many things often that get lauded at Cannes and then you see them and you're like, this is actually Aww. not that great. So Yeah, I would take all of it with a pinch of I w- salt. I did find it very interesting because it has been criticised for being misogynistic, unnecessarily graphic and violent, purposefully provocative. Um, also, just it's kind of sparked that conversation yet again about Lars von Trier's continually fraught relationship with depicting and also He's, his general yeah. treatment of women, women generally. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't think I care that much about Lars von Trier's film. I really like Melancholia. Yeah, Melancholia was good. Antichrist was all right. He obviously did um, Kingdom, which was a pretty good TV series, yeah. but I wouldn't say I'm like an outright no. through and through fan of Lars von Trier. I wouldn't like. He's not a particularly mainstream director anyway, is he? He kind of he's from a very no. independent background, so. He, he's a weird dude he almost operates on his own plane I mean I just I'm not kind of I feel a bit apprehensive about this film like usually I take it with a pinch of salt but um, I'm not really for someone who likes horror films or not I'm a lot I'm not really here for the grisly gore horror I films I can't imagine anyway. that I would ever probably wouldn't see it in a cinema I don't think I'd see this in a seminar Sin- seminar seminar I don't think Lars von Trier's films are almost always things I really want to watch I don't think but... I've seen any of them in a cinema no but I just haven't like, I, I still haven't seen Antichrist. I've not seen Nymphomania. Yeah. Despite I watched Antichrist on my birthday, April. I don't know why I did that's that. That's festive. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, as well, is they always have amazing casts, which is why I'm always yeah. like, oh, I really want to watch this. Mm. Um, I mean, I can't... They're not the most enjoyable series of films. No, but they are. I mean, they're often very powerful. I mean, I... Did you watch Nymphomania? No, I haven't seen it. One, two, three, and six. Or no, I really want to watch it because Charlotte. Did you just want to watch Charlotte having sex? Pretty much actual like penetrative sex <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that partially <laughs> yes i can't imagine sitting through the cinema and watching it can you imagine going with your mum mum you're gonna go and or, sit with this is really or sitting next to alex band the thing is that <laughs> they are his they are powerful aren't they they do provoke in a reaction like i do think with melancholia for example i think it's a very appropriate and realistic representation of what it's like mm. to be like massively depressed yeah and, yeah and playing with your emotions i did feel very ill afterwards have you watched it more than once no, because no, why would I want to? No, I didn't. I didn't watch it more than once. I, I watched it. Was it good at the time. Then I was so filled with despair. I, I, yeah, I watched it, and I afterwards I had to like go outside because I was a bit like, oh, that's a very real representation of what sometimes it can be like to be stuck in your own head. Mm. Um, but I was like, I can't. It's not a film where I'd be like, Tom, we're gonna sit down tonight and we're gonna watch this uplifting <laughs> watch film, this called this film called Melancholia. Called Melancholia. About it's woman who's really depressed on her wedding day. So. <laughs> Uh, no. Should we should we leave that one for like Netflix or whatever then? Yeah, I reckon I I might consider watching it at some point. The cast looks pretty good, but I don't. I'm not going to pay active money. Now for it's it. had this much attention, I will undoubtedly watch that's it. What he, but... The thing is, well, that's what he wants. 
Oh yeah, I bet he was smug as fuck. He always said with the with the comments he made back in two thousand and eleven that it was taken out of context. And but it's like you're someone. I mean, that just, definitely just said it. it for you're effect. just someone that wants people to have a reaction, mm-hmm. so you say flagrant things. Yes. You know, um, other things that happened at Cannes. Um, there was the red carpet selfie ban. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> there was a lack of visible response to the Me Too movement, which is which a bit unsurprising to me, given that I think a lot of people with from French cinema have been very outspoken about how they don't think it's an issue. So. You know, yeah. Great. Well, they've got this, but they've got this new equality charter that I was reading about, which is kind of weird. So, Can um, said uh, that they've got they've unveiled a new equality charter. They've said that they're going to record the gender of the cast and crew of all films submitted, make public the names of selection committee members, and work towards gender parity on the Can board. However, um, there's no uh, gender parity in terms of directors of films selected. Um, no. Because they think it should be based on artistic merit alone. I think on the uh, with regards to the gender disparity, there was a silent march that was 82 women at the festival, which included actresses, filmmakers, lots of people mm. from the industry, who protested the festival festival's disparity of gender. Mm. Um, and the 82 number is significant because um, 82 is the number of female-directed movies that have played at the festival in its 71 years since it began. And this is versus... And this is insane. When I read this mm-hmm. earlier, it absolutely blew my mind. So there's 82 films that have been directed by women in 71 years. Right. However, there have been 1,645 films that have been directed by men. That's crazy. So you so can't just dispute it. So you've got this equality charter, but actually kind of... It's like they're making waves, but then also... So like not really taking stock of what's going on. It's just I mean, horrendously awkward, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think oh. there's been a lot of discussions of gender and and you know equality at the festival this year. There's obviously Kristen Stewart. Um, there's well, one of the, the... one of the stupid rules of Cannes is that women women have to walk the red har- carpet in heels. Again, like what the mm. fuck? Antiquated. So yeah. she quite significantly decided to take off her heels on the red carpet and just walk well, the it. The fact in that, bare ha- feet. that has to even be seen as significant. It was though. one of those like, news oh, items. Shoes off. We do that all the time. It was one of those news items that I saw and was like, yes, but then also why no. is this even news? It shouldn't yep. even be a thing. Um, it, the festival itself as well is also notable because it's the first um, since the downfall of Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. um, he was someone who's known to operate and sort of dominate the festival from a kind of um, you know buying and selling movies and rights point of view um, at the closing ceremony last oh, night God, um, yeah. Asia Argento appeared alongside um, Ava DuVernay they were presenting the Best Actress Award um, and um, Asia used the opportunity to air um, what was an incredibly powerful speech I've watched it a couple of times and it doesn't it's chilling it isn't made it? me it's crazy you know so I'd, I've got kind of it's quite upsetting so if you're someone that's like is sort of triggered by anything like this do maybe pause or fast forward 10 15 seconds but it says um in 1997 i was raped by harvey weinstein here at Cannes. i was 21 years old this festival was his hunting ground i want to make a prediction harvey weinstein will never be welcomed here ever again he will live in disgrace shunned by a film community that embraced him and covered up for his crimes and then she goes on to say even tonight sitting among you there are those who still have to be held accountable for their conduct conduct against women for behavior that does not belong in this industry does not belong in any industry or any workplace you know who you are you do not belong in this industry but most importantly we know who you are and we're not going to allow you to get away with it any longer it was incredible to watch the the you know video of this speech because you know there's Ava DuVernay standing to, next to her very like you know supportive and like watching her with awe. There's Asia Argento saying these incredibly powerful words and then they keep they keep doing shots to the audience who are just like it's not that there's a lack of emotion on their faces but mm. it's just like 
I think they were all quite surprised. Yeah. As they, but I just, fair play to her to basically have to come back to this place that is must be filled with such trauma for must be her. like her least favorite place in the world absolutely so. and I, I think over the last you know year or so she's been someone who's been exceedingly outspoken about the way that she's been treated in hollywood not just at the hands of weinstein but generally um and she's got i know that in particular so asia argento is, are, um, is italian mm-hmm. and she's received a lot of backlash in italy from the italian film industry about being so outspoken about all the kind of experiences that she's had and i just i can't i can't even begin to basically have to put yourself forward as mm, someone that's mm. going to be outspoken all of these things but mm. i just think that that you know there are people in the audience that are still up for contention yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. can you imagine just being like oh like sitting there and thinking oh shit is my time's up yeah. like it was just it was you know it's an incredibly thing um powerful thing to see especially to close on yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, th- there have been a lot of kind of women at the forefront of the festival this year. So Kate Blanchett was the president of the jury for the main competition um, with Ava DuVernay, Kristen Stewart. Um, Leah Sado was on the panel this year as well. So there's lots of women, you know, at the forefront. And I do think there's Cam was always going to be one of those things that was going to have a particularly seismic sea change after mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Frazier Argento to come out and say that so publicly at the closing ceremony, just I think that sets the tone definitely really to say that things aren't ever gonna be the same again mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be mm-hmm. so so on to things that we've been watching and enjoying um do you want to talk about films first i actually haven't this might be the first any. time it's in so ages. weird i went from watching like 50 million films and struggling to month. pick which ones we were gonna yeah talk and about. having to select them to kind of i've only watched god's own country this month. it's been a busy month may is not my favorite month no, for my personal life but um i watched god's own country but which you've covered before yeah which was lovely i'm glad um, that you finally watched it It was really good and it was a very nice companion piece to call me by your name in lots of ways yeah, which very i really so. really enjoyed um but You've watched some films. Tell us what you've watched. <laughs> so we are... So full disclosure, we are going to talk about Infinity War. Oh, yeah, that one. Sorry, yeah, we did watch that. That we small watched that, film. Yeah. That small film, Avengers, Infinity War. Yeah. Um, um, we will do our review of that towards the end when we talk about our main topic because it's um, Avengers adjacent. Um, so yes. That was a thing that we did as well. Um, I finally... So full disclosure, I'm on a very big Chris Evans kick at the moment. Are you? I wonder why. Yeah. Do you like Chris Evans? Just a big fan. Is so he... just big fan. <laughs> your Mm-hmm. So I finally mm-hmm. watched um, this movie called Gifted, which we have talked about in the past because it's the film that It was stars... out not that long ago, was it? It was last year. It was the film that stars Jenny Slate and Chris Evans. And yes. it's a film on which they met and then fell in love. And then fell out of love. And then and fell, fell out in of love, love. Which I don't think I will ever be over. Um, but I finally watched it because it's on Now TV. And I was really bummed last year that I didn't get a chance to see it at the cinema because it's very much something that I knew I was going to enjoy. Why didn't you see it at the cinema? Just bad timing. Oh, okay. I think it came out... God, such is life, eh? I think it came out maybe this time last year and there was so much other stuff going on and we just weren't around. And I think it only had a really short cinematic yeah, it was run in cinema here because it's an like indie film. Three days. I think Cinema City had it for about a week and I didn't work out. Like, the timings didn't work mm-hmm. out for me, so I was really bummed. So I was pleased when it arrived on streaming. So um, it's directed by Mark Webb and stars Chris Evans, Jenny Slate, McKenna Grace and Octavia Spencer. It's about a man called Frank. Um, he's been in care of his seven-year-old niece, Mary, since mm. his sister, who was a math prodigy, um, committed suicide. Um, Frank risks losing Mary when his estranged mother and Mary's gra- um, grandmother arrives and contests the custody. Mm. Um, 
um, because she sort of discovers that Mary kind of is just as much of a maths genius as her daughter was. So ah, she sort of okay. decides that this is something that she wants to kind of oversee and everything like that. It's an it's a really sweet little film. Yeah, it's such a nice kind of. It's really emotional. It's like a nice little relationship film. It's just. It's just super, super low key. And what I found really interesting is it's like watching Chris Evans films that aren't Marvel films. Yeah. You kind of. I feel like I haven't watched Chris. I can't remember what I've seen. This like is Chris such Evans a contrast. Like this is such a Marvel. contrast. And I think it's something that like more along those lines. This is what he wants to do. More. Yeah. And it's interesting when. So there was that New York Times piece where he talks about the fact that he's kind of leaving the MCU and wants mm. to do something different. And he's just been on Broadway for. 12 weeks doing a Kenneth Lonergan play so he obviously and he comes from a theatre background anyway which I don't think I realised so I think he obviously wants to do more like interesting films and not just kind of be this like bro-y heartthrob so it's just really moving like Jenny Slate's really sweet in it the little girl McKenna Grace who plays Mary is just so she's just brilliant for a child that young it's just one of those things where it's like I think I watched it on like a Sunday afternoon. It's just such a nice it's kind just of a like, nice thing to watch. I, think I on cried a my face off because uh, it's just yeah. really. Emotional. I feel like it would be a cryer film. Yeah, I could tell. it's just really good. Like it's definitely worth watching. Like it's probably not. It, it made a lot of money though. I think, but that probably is the Chris Evans effect. But mm. it's definitely worth watching. Um, I also watched. Um, have you seen What's Your Number? No, I haven't. Oh my god, I rewatched. Tell me about it. So I rewatched What's Your Number. Yesterday. When did that come out? 2011. Oh. I watched it. I rewatched no, it I yesterday. It. The only reason I'm talking about it is because you watched it. Being on this Chris Evans kick, it, I've watched. I've rewatched a few things recently that I've got him on that I'd seen in a significantly long period of time ago. That I'd been a bit like, it's fine. But it's it's just fun rewatching. Has it stuff. rekindled your love? Yeah, I watched not another teen movie not that long ago. As oh well. my god, that's what I've seen him in. I was obsessed with love when I was a teenager. Movie. Yeah, me too. Of Jake course Wilder. I did. It's got it's got good Charlotte in it. Come on now. Right, Tom came downstairs halfway through when I was watching not another teen movie. Was he like, at the what point with the prom? Are you watching? Yeah. <gasps> And I was going, like, oh, I just, I was like obsessed with this when I was a teenager, and he was like, I don't think I've ever even seen it. And then there's the oh. bit where like it cuts to good show yeah. on stage, and I was like, that's the reason. That's I loved it. just the pinnacle. That's the number one reason why I started watching right? that. That and the tainted love video. Oh but my uh, God. yeah. Anyway, um, what's your number? Yeah, it's just like a, it's it's 2011, right? So it's it's pre, it's just God, pre it Captain, Captain America Captain first America. Avenger, like the like the year year of same year so Chris Evans before he knew what it's was just like a nice him. film with Anna Faris um, she's a woman who Very like nice. she breaks up with someone and then she's sort of contemplates she's on the train and she's reading an article in Marie Curie about like how the average woman has slept with ten and a half men in her lifetime and she kind of decides Ooh, oh I'm going to write I'm going to like work out what my number is and then she finds that it's like 20 or 21 or something and she sort of she's quite shocked by it and then when she asks other people she gets she sees the reaction of other people who were like horrified what so, horrified that it's so high yeah oh. and then she what? decides right well I'm going to go back and I'm going to see if any of those people that I've had relations with if they're the, like the person I'm going to be mm. with the rest of my life because her sister has reconnected with her high school boyfriend and they're getting married okay so it's kind of you know and it for like a dumb comedy which it essentially yeah, is it's yeah. not it's, it's on, not it's not a great it's not film. like yeah no but, but I it's think not it, on the bad side of dumb comedy. but when you think about how so often in cinema there are so many movie characters where like it's perfectly fine mm. for like men to sleep around oh yeah but for women oh it's that, that complete yeah, it's no no it essential. does kind of challenge that kind yeah. of like slut shaming mm-hmm. kind of like um angle of it and i mean i think anna faris is a really underrated comedy love actress. anna faris and the film she's is in- so fun she's so funny yeah. and the film's interesting as well because chris evans is her neighbor who also like 
has like a string of women like at all times in his apartment and it kind right. of posits the two as kind so, of like okay. he's a dude that's doing exactly what other. she's kind of doing but like but the way that society no absolutely so it's just I mean it's not like the world's best film but it's just got a good cast as well randomly it's just one of those I really like watching like American comedies sometimes. Yeah. And it's like a rice rom com. We have covered this before. It yeah. feels like rom coms are coming back into vogue. So yeah. it's nice to kind of go watch go back and watch some of my favourites. So it's on I think it's on Amazon Prime, so if you get a chance to watch it, it's Lovely. just Chris Evans being a babe. And I on the bad American comedy front I also watched Rough Night. Oh yes, how was that? Um so I'd really wanted to watch this um when it came out last year. And it got a lot of criticism for a variety of reasons, which I is can't probably... I can't remember f- it coming out, to be honest. It came but... out in the summer, I think. So it's directed by Lucia Anelia, who's... She's significant because she's worked and written for Broad City. Oh, okay. Which I think at the time was probably why I was so pumped on it, because it's... Because it's Broad City. Broad City background, and it Speaks sta- for itself. And it stars Alana Glazer, who I oh, absolutely... Love Alana so for. much. Um, it's got Scarlett Johansson, Zoe Kravitz, Kate McKinnon, Gillian See, that's Bell. a really good right? cast. That ticks so many I'd of my I'd do boxes. many things for Zoe Kravitz. With, right. Did I say with? I Both. meant for... <laughs> but also with Kate McKinnon it's, it's just the goat so it's basically five friends gone a bachelorette party where things go awry I think the reason it got so much criticism is one of the things that happens and this is a spoiler so if you're intending on watching this trash film then don't listen don't be angry um, someone hires a stripper and the person they think is the stripper um, he accidentally gets like knocked to the floor and he bangs in his head and he, he dies oh um, in, and Oh. And it's, I think a lot of the criticism was like, oh, like a really bad representation of sex workers, blah, 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 which like completely fine. And Why? I, because he died? Yeah, because it was like, and they try and cover up his death. Why is that a bad representation of sex work? The internet was just saying that I mean, it's it unfortunate. a sex worker being treated poorly anyway. Oh, because he banged his head. Because they murder him, essentially. Did they murder him purposefully? Oh, that she just falls over. I don't. Okay, I'm not buying into this. No, I mean, I I was really apprehensive because it had, had all this rep. I mean, it's it's like shit. It's like a not a good film. <laughs> it's like shit. No, but it was like a fun hour and a half. Oh, okay. I well, could you, watch all you, of those people. You don't want to get. Yeah, you're not asking to get that hour and a half. Kate back. McKinnon is Australian in the film. Oh. And does, does that, like does that work? Yeah, she pulls off a pretty funny Australian accent. I mean, an actual Australian person, yeah. Vaughn, would probably dispute the accent there but it sounded pretty good I don't know to our untrained ears it sounds wonderful I could just watch all of those people in a, in a film so it's not a good film but I probably it's a film it's a film but, and that's good. literally all I've watched this month that sounds excellent which is you know which is very good Um, on the TV front yes I've... you've actually wait this is interesting because I've watched no TV apart from one significant thing which yeah. I'll come on to but you've actually watched TV I've so. watched TV I've, I've had a busy month so I think I've just been filling in like the the spare hour I have now TV is manageable yeah to watch TV so we've actually watched quite a lot of TV and I've left off talking about anything that I've started but not yet finished so the two things that we uh, that I did actually watch um, I watched The Alienist so, oh yeah, I yeah. completely forgotten about that. Yeah, so that appeared on Netflix. Um, it's a TNT ten episode um, adaption of the best selling book by Caleb Carr. Um, it was adapted by is it? I don't know if it's Hussein Amini. Oh, I can't pronounce that name. I think I remember looking at Drive. It, but I didn't do it. Yeah, connected to Drive and directed by Jacob. I can't even. Verbruggen, maybe, um, who's also attached to Black Mirror, season four of House of Cards, The Fall, various things. Um, so it's a psychological thriller set in 1890s New York, um, and it's your kind of typical crime 
thriller stalking a serial killer style plot. Uh, so a ritualistic killer is responsible for the gruesome murders of boy prostitutes and a newly appointed police commissioner, Theodore Roosevelt, calls upon criminal psychologist Dr. Laszlo Chrysler, who's played by Daniel Bruno, um, newspaper illustrator John Moore, who is played by my favourite Luke Evans, um, and police department secretary Sarah Howard, who is played by Dakota Fanning. Can I sidebar nation here a little bit? Yeah. Um, when uh, my friend Paisley was in Budapest oh my god yes last tell this story summer, it's so good I'm really sorry Paisley if I'm not allowed to publicly say this but um, when she was in Budapest last summer they went to this like oh, big really expensive restaurant I think for like a special night out I say really expensive it probably wasn't expensive but it was like a, a posh restaurant <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know the detail that it was really expensive it was just like a posh, posh restaurant and on the table behind them was um, Luke Evans and Dakota Fanning. I love that so much. On like a, you know, group a meal work jolly. and stuff. And um, I, when I found this out, I was like livid because, and I found out after because the Luke effect Evans. as well, because Mostly. Luke Evans. Um, and there are some funny pictures of like Paisley and her friends um, who've just like, there was two of them on one side of the table. And then like, you literally, yeah, like I, when she told me this, I assumed like, oh, it was in the same restaurant yeah, or like yeah, within yeah, distance. Yeah. Oh no, no, they're like next to each other. It's literally like they took a picture of Paisley and her friend and then like, there's like Luke Evans, like awkwardly photobombing, but like no, not intentionally yeah. just because he's Just there. turning around in the background, like doing a stretch. And it's I, very good. I just think that if I'd seen Luke Evans publicly, I'd be like... I'd die. Dying. I'd die. He's lovely. I, I stood mean, behind him once in a... Did um, you? Yeah, have I never told you no, this? No, tell me. I'm really sorry I'm sidebarring so much. Um, I, Tom and I, the last time we went to New York, when we got to New York City mm-hmm. and we were going through immigration at JFK, mm-hmm. um, we were stood behind Luke Evans and oh, Kevin Klein, who just flown blimey. back to the States because they'd been filming Beauty and the Beast. Oh, man. And Tom had no idea who Luke Evans was, <sighs> apart from when I said, he's the guy from Fast and Furious. Oh, okay. And I was going like, oh. You'd say, he's the guy from Lord of the Rings. No. And no, was, not Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. The Hobbit. And there was like another, isn't there a vampire film he's in? Oh, there was yes. a, I was like listing things, because I just know him as he's being someone. He's been in this shit film. Yeah, he's I was been going in this like, shit film. Yeah, no, but he's, he's that guy. He's Welsh. But now you know he's in Beauty of the Beast, so that's so much easier to... um, No, absolutely fine. Um, Yeah, so they kind of come together to conduct an investigation um, about these ritualistic killings in secret. So Chrysler, played by Daniel Bruno, is known as an alienist, which is someone who studies mental pathologies. I didn't know that was a term. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically someone who studies kind of mental illness, um, mental behaviour and others, um... And I guess it's people who are classed as alienated from themselves and society. So yeah. that's why he's called an alienist. Um, it's pretty, it was good. We flew through the 10 episodes. Um, I'm not going to say it's groundbreaking. It's pre- I feel like it's pretty much um, Ripper Street, like the American Ripper Street with slightly less cheese. Sure. Um, I think the first episode opened with Luke Evans having sex. So I was like beside myself. <laughs> um, Is it hour long episodes? Yeah, hour long episodes. But, you know, simple plot following a uh, following a killer, chasing this killer. It's pretty gory, actually. It's pretty out there yeah, really. in terms of gore, which... Is always fun. I think Chrysler as the kind of main protagonist is very kind of Sherlocky in sure, that he's sure. slightly annoying. Yeah. Um, but obviously got a lot going on. Fine. Can't see what's kind of going on under his nose. Is so kind of caught up in the investigation that he doesn't kind of realise um the kind of the relationships that he's damaging in his own life. That right. sort of thing, which kind of borders on annoying sometimes. Mm, I think. Okay. Um, but generally, I really liked it. I liked their kind of little trio that was going on. I liked Dakota Fanning's character. 
Um, and I can see how they can definitely now they've because they sort of you know the ten episodes do conclude that crime. Yeah, I can see how if they do a season two, which I think they are going to do, and um, they can kind of carry on with a new oh, kind sure, of crime okay. series. I bloody love a good like yeah. who did it stalking a killer style anything. Yeah, especially one that's set in kind of um, New York. Um, it's I think and, that you actually would probably really like the Nick. Yeah, I yeah I do need to. And it's annoying that Nick the Nick isn't on any streaming actually because yeah. I've watched the first what half. Oh, so you didn't watch season. all of it? Yeah, because it, it went off streaming. Oh, okay. I was watching it maybe on Netflix. Yeah, and it went and it's frustrating actually because that's very much like the early days of like mm. hospitals and surgeons. But it's like, that's exactly what I'd be into. It has like a sim. When I saw stills and clips from the Alienist, mm. it reminded me of that. Reminded like of that old New York kind of vibe. Yeah, such a great setting for that yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's very kind of Jack the Rippery, and yeah. that it's you know it's it's a killer stalking young male sex workers rather than female sex workers you know mm-hmm. in London but it's very it's very similar and I'm all in for that kind of thing all the time so sure. I would certainly recommend it if you like anything like that it's not exactly going to blow you out of the water in terms of you know it's content but there's a few kind good of cast nice, though, and it's a good cast a few nice so. little twists and turns very satisfying to watch I would recommend it and I guess the most important part of TV um really it's ongoing for me week by week but um it's quite a new thing for you I started watching Riverdale everyone yeah. I finally caved. Um, I don't know why I did it. It was for you mostly, for Steph me. McKenna. Um, <laughs> I, I think I just and and I haven't I hadn't not watched it for any reason other than like you I didn't hadn't... watch it because you had too many episodes to catch up on. That's I just what it was. yeah I just knew that I'd probably like it, but then was a bit like mm, I don't know if I can be bothered to catch up. But there was. Um, Tom's in the middle of doing a lot of studying at the moment and, and I just had some free time. Because the thing is, it's not something necessarily that I think that he would want to actively watch. So no. when we're watching stuff together, you have to kind of... You've got other options. Yeah, there are other things we could be doing. Yeah. And I just decided, like, you know what, I'm going to watch the first episode. So at least I can say that I've you watched You can't just episode. watch the first no. episode of Real And then Day I April. watched two or three in one sitting and then I've just been watching it ever since. Now. How much do you like it? I just love it. Yeah. I actually love it. Yeah. I knew that I'd probably like it because I do love a teen drama as But discussed. it's like peak teen drama. But it's like, it's it's my favourite parts are when it goes between, because it has such a Twin Peaks vibe, which oh, yeah. you had talked about yeah. before when we, I think we mentioned it on the pod last year. Um, <laughs> has a Twin Peaks vibe. I've talked about how I loved Gossip Girl yeah. and it's got like Gossip Girly It's got that like savvy script writing commentary. Completely. It goes on. between having like a creepy Stranger Things vibe. My favourite is Good when it music. goes between like Stranger Things music to suddenly like Friday Night Lights yes. music. And, God, I love it so and much. It's just, the casting's great. Yeah. Jughead Jones. Jughead Jones. F.P. Jones. F.P. I mean, they're all. I'm currently so I'm only eight episodes into season one, so I've got a way to go, especially because the season two is like a thousand episodes. Right? I've just it's not a thousand. I've just watched the the finale of season two, so Mm. I'm all caught up. So basically, I think think once you catch up, yeah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep at it because I do tend to be watching two episodes at a time when I do have when I do do it. So I think just brings me so much joy when I've had a hard day. It's been like so much. The last week or so as well has been a bit of a weird tough one so I think actually it's been quite a nice like I'm just gonna watch this absolutely batshit like oh, when, so good. when we watched it together this week 
It we was watched be- it together and we drank milkshakes. We drank milkshakes and watched like Riverdale. we were at Pops. Like we're at Pops, the place that everyone seems to go. I, it was just one of those things where it, like stuff kept happening that's completely stupid and inane. But I was like, I'm just loving this. Of course, I'm loving it. you've got to be here for it. So yeah, I'm about eight episodes into season one, so I'm going to keep on with it, and then we think we are going to do a Riverdale episode. I'm so excited. When I've caught up. Um, but in love. In conclusion, oh, I just also fancy Archie a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. The first thing I got out of this show initially was I love Archie, and it becomes a bit of a sort of mm, I do wish Jaggy would take his hat off though oh god that fucking hat I bet it stinks as well it just you need a bit of a wash but I mean Cole Sprouse is wonderful and I think I'm over my initial I'm so into Bughead I love Betty I think I'm just over my initial weirdness that it's Cole Sprouse from Sweet Life of of Zack and Cody (laughs) who knew you'd fancy him one day wow or Ben from Um, Friends it's fine oh it's acceptable now because he's 25, which is at least three years older than Timothy Chalamet, so... Someone referred to him in the episode that we watched when you were at my house. They referred to Jughead as being a Holden Colfield Oh my of, God, yes. Of, of Riverdale, and I absolutely lost my shit. So, in conclusion, this new and ongoing Riverdale obsession will continue over the next few months. I'm Wonderful. Sure. So, that's movies and TV. On to music. Um, there are a few things that we did want to talk about that kind of came out around the time that our last episode went up, so we sort of missed the boat initially. Mm. Um, one of those in particular is the new album um, Dirty Computer from Janelle Monáe. We've um, been waiting for that one for a while. Right? Um, we talked about um, her single uh, Make Me Feel when mm-hmm. it initially dropped, but this is the first studio album from Janelle um, following on from 2013 electric lady yes um it had been preceded by three singles so make me feel django jane and pink which is a song featuring grimes um monet had confirmed that she did work with prince on the record before he died um you steph's raising hands emojis Um, (laughs) so lyrically the album addresses sexuality race gender and it was also released at the same time as a short film of the same name Mm. in which monet referred to as an emotion picture um, which featured Tessa Thompson, who'd also been in the video um, for... Wee babe, Tessa Thompson. Such a babe. Such a babe. Um, what are your thoughts on the album? I really, really, I really enjoy it. I think it's a really strong pop record. It's the poppiest record that she's done. It's really funny, because I really liked Electric Lady, mm-hmm. um, and... Ele- yeah, Electric Lady was great. I remember we got really into that as well, like, when it was released. Yeah, that summer. But this is such a... I don't know, this just feels like a bit of a shift, I think. It's, it's definitely so, a shift. It's definitely so her poppiest. poppy, and it's just so... Not, not that her records aren't accessible, but it just feels like this just feels so mm. overt with how poppy and, and kind of, you know, of, of that vibe it is. Yeah. I, mean, um, I don't find the, the... I don't think the the Prince influence is as strong in this, as in, like, I don't think it... I think you could hear Prince a lot in the previous mm-hmm. record. And I think Make Me Feel was probably the one that sounds like some sort of really catchy homage to Kiss or something yeah, yeah, like completely. that. But um, I think this one very... This record very much sounds like her own sound. Yeah, I mean, I think... And the... not that she's just, like, a... Not that she was... What not that she was just a protege of Prince before, but do you know what I mean? I, I do. Had, I think I think it was the funk elements of it. Yeah, really, I do it? think that. I think as soon as you someone is sort of outspoken and branded mm. as as having connections to Prince, people mm. then automatically look at their music and interrogate as it as being like a Prince mm. rip off or yeah. something like that. And I she think, was never that. Definitely. No, not at all. But I think that's the thing is that mm. as soon as you attach Prince or make reference to Prince, mm. people automatically kind of have that mindset and. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, completely get what you're saying. I mean, some standout tracks for me are Crazy Classic, Classic Life, Life yeah. um, Take a Bite. Take a Bite is so mm-hmm. catchy. Um, Screwed into Django Jane. Mm-hmm. Screwed has um, Zoe Kravitz on it. Which is, I mean, a peak selling point for anything. Right. That is twice we've said Sign in this episode how much we love Zoe Kravitz. Oh um, my God. Sign me up. Um, I do like Pink a lot. Make mm-hmm. me feel, of course. And Amer- Americans makes me like cry. Yeah, yeah. I think, it's just so powerful. I think it's... For me, I think this record is strongest in the middle. Mm. I think the three singles that she released beforehand were three of my favourite tracks on the album anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also really like Screwed. Quite enjoy I Got the Juice with Pharrell Oh, Williams. that's really catchy. It's got some really good, yeah, it's yeah. got some really catchy stuff on there. For me, I think it peaks in the middle mm-hmm. and either side. It's not that they're not as good, but I just... Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think it picks in the middle. I feel like I mean I was I was really looking forward to this, especially in the wake of initially make me feel like that's mm. that lead single. Um, Such a good song. I think so that's good. probably my favourite yeah. on the whole record. I mean the thing is it definitely exceeded my expectations, and I think mm. that's because I was just sort of thinking of how I reacted to her previous records, mm. of how there are songs on them in particular that I always go back to, but as an There's entire other body stuff of that work, you can kind, I kind of, of skip yeah. skip over. But this I've listened front to back like mm-hmm. so many, so many mm. times. I just And it's I really such, it's such an overtly sexual record as well yeah so um, it... and as always I feel like this record has been eclipsed by things like we'll talk about Childish Gambino in a bit but you know that comes out around the same time and I think not enough attention has been given to this record yeah, and what I mean... it's saying which is kind of equally as yeah, powerful. completely. So alongside this record was that she did an interview with Rolling mm. Stone magazine where she'd been... She's always been quite um, reluctant in the past, rightfully so, because she's a private person, about talking about her sexuality mm-hmm. and, you know, who she's dating and, and all of that romantic yeah. side. She's been quite ambiguous mm-hmm. about things. She's always had kind of a sort of... Androgynous isn't the right word, but she's always played with kind of how she represents herself. She loves a good suit. She loves a suit. She, you know kind of evokes that kind of stylistically Mm -hmm. she presents herself in kind of that sort of way and I think that but previous to that she's not really addressed the Mm -hmm. fact you know about speculation surrounding her sexuality but in the Rolling Stone article she did talk about the fact that she feels that she's pansexual pansexual yeah that she's dated men and women before Mm -hmm. in the past um, is she dating Tessa Thompson? And she's dating Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Hope so. Um, Hope so, yeah. Yeah, so I do think you're completely right. It's, it's a, It does feel very overtly sexual, the record. Especially with things like Pink, which is... Mm-hmm. The video for that in particular and is screwed just... And screwed. Yeah, yeah so it's so just... Good. I really was overwhelmed by it, I think, because I'd been really looking forward to it, and I just was really hoping that it was going to be great. I and still don't think enough people away. are going to listen to it, though. No. I still feel like not everyone knows who Janelle Monae is. Yeah, I think um, I think I do think she's sort shame. of. I do think she's sort of underrated, but I mean, Definitely. I think, like you say, I think that the, that's. I guess it's the problem of of when people produce bodies of work that are kind of have quite like a powerful impact mm-hmm. because there's this initial kind of so when Make Me Feel Fat came mm-hmm. out it was this big kind of like amazing everyone was talking about it. and I guess that's just the way that things are with social media yeah, now especially yeah. so we'll go on to talk about Childish Gambino mm. but that seems to be very much like oh this is the thing that, that is the thing that was about. the thing and I think she got yeah. I think she's been eclipsed by it because yeah. I think maybe some people predicted that this would be not that she needs a breakout album because she has broken out but this might be like a slightly more like even more commercially successful yeah. album and I feel like it's been eclipsed a little bit by yeah, sure. I other do, stuff that's going on she's a complete genius though mm. to me so I just she's feel lo- like she's amazing you know beautiful and talented beautiful and talented um, yeah so on the Childish Gambino front um, there's the 
single This Is America. So mm-hmm. Donald Glover presented and performed on Saturday Night Live at the start of May. Yeah. Um, and he performed this song and one other, I think, is called Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then while the while he was on air, so he hosted as Donald Glover and the musical guest was Childish Gambino. So obviously, yes. same thing. But it was the fact that he was, it was pretty much the Donald Glover show for the yeah. evening, which so sort good. of very rarely happens. So while he was on air, um, the video for This Is America dropped on YouTube. And, and at this point, because I checked this morning, it has 157 million views. And it's what? It's the 20th of May right now we're recording. So it's, million it's two views. weeks, I think, three weeks since, yeah, since it dropped. So, you know, um, I I have listened to the song, like, relentlessly. I mean, for... for Ch- I mean, it's... I think Childish Cambino has just been getting sort of stronger and stronger. But, I mean, as a track, it is really, really great. Yeah, it's been... It's, I've, it's been really interesting to see the evolution of Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. actually. So it's something that, like, I was super into because the internet... Um, I think that's two thousand thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I think that record came out, and that it was the that I I really enjoyed that. It's, it's kind of like a summer record for yeah. me, like super super catchy. And then um, obviously, wake my love came out last mm-hmm. year. Um, which was Redbone. Oh, I think it might even be last end of two thousand sixteen. Maybe it was two thousand sixteen. Yeah, maybe it was. Um, but yeah, so it came out a couple of years ago, and that was sort of like for a lot of people as well was their first experience of mm. Childish Gambino and Donald Glover as well has publicly stated that like this upcoming whatever he releases from now yeah. on will be his last kind of musical output right, as okay. childish gambino okay. so That's i think really it was sort of hotly anticipated he's quite an enigmatic person anyway yeah, absolutely um there was a new yorker piece um at the beginning of this mm. year to coincide mm. with the um launch of the new season of atlanta um, which has been much talked about because he sort of just presents himself as being quite en- enigmatic yeah, and, absolutely. and critical of the way that people kind of approach what he considers his own genius. And mm-hmm. I do think that he's a person that kind of people are quite divided over and, and he antagonises a lot of people. Yeah. But I mean, so the video itself for This Is America um, has been quite quite discussed. Yeah, I think say. it's been quite polarising as well. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of... I mean, I think everyone in the entire world has seen it now by the sounds of things, so I don't need to go over it too much, but um, it's very much a commentary on black history, black experience today, gun violence. Um, It's got a really... It juxtaposes sort of two really strong aspects of kind of black culture in American society. So you've got the violence and the chaos um, and the prejudice, and then you've got the kind of dancing and the music. Gambino is supposed to represent America, Mm -hmm. and he's kind of sheltered so he goes on this journey and is kind of sheltered um throughout um there's a couple of times where he uh, there's a lot of extreme violence so he shoots a man in the back of the head with a handgun and like a hand like a young person's hand comes in with a red cloth and kind of cleans off the weapon and things like that so he as america is very sheltered throughout this kind of four minute video um except at one point where he turns around and shoots up like a, a black choir mm. in i guess you'd say it's kind of the most extreme moment of the whole video so yeah it, it juxtaposes a lot of violence and there's a lot of things in the background going on that you don't you don't realize like there's you know there's people committing suicide there's people taping violence on their phones it's a it's a music video that is purposefully provoking yeah the way that we kind of view mm-hmm. music videos and and it's probably one of the only and... music videos i bother watching in ages music videos are such a kind of old 
I don't I don't know they're not really a format that I really look at anymore and I don't think people pay as much attention to them anymore it's the first video in ages that I think people are actually yeah yeah completely taking the time to I watch. mean I think that uh, you know it's hard to ignore that it is a commentary of some kind I think that um it has been interesting to sort of see the reaction to it and the fact that it has been incredibly divisive rightfully mm. so I think because I think while the imagery is exceedingly powerful um I think there's a lot going in. There's a, There have been a lot of very talented people writing about actually kind of the way that it represents race, especially violence towards mm-hmm. non-white people, which have been very, very interesting. And I, I implore you to kind of go out and seek kind of people yeah, of colour writing about some... the video, actually, because I think that what I, I'm incredibly conscious of, that I, you know, being a white, woman yeah and we're you know white women in england so we're on the other side of the world to where a lot of you know what is being discussed in this video is Mm -hmm. happening and i think my gut reaction when i saw it was like he's so good you know this is so good and i think you know he's been heralded as a genius a lot and everyone i know has said it's really great and blah 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 and really impactful and you kind of don't realize that there are i think you kind of assume there's such a deluge of kind of um praise online specifically Mm -hmm. for it you don't even you kind of the the other voices are kind of getting lost a little bit um i think it's really important why this particular video and gambino in general actually is is to kind of challenge your initial perceptions of it and mm-hmm. i think that's why i found reading around it from people yeah i found to find it really you know i found um, it really useful actually i listened to keep it the other day um which is another kind of really fun pop culture podcast um and some of the hosts of keep it or two or three are people of color um including ira madison the third and they had a completely different take on the video, especially um, to kind of what I've kind of read and seen and felt myself. Um, and I think they were a lot more critical of it um, as people of colour. Um, I think they criticised it as qu- being quite nihilistic. Mm-hmm. And um, they talking about how they found the message within the video to be kind of quite confusing. They were quite critical of um people using the term genius um, when speaking about Childish Gambino and they were saying that just because something is provocative doesn't mean that it's just brilliant and genius. Yeah and that's what I found when I've been reading about it is actually I think that my initial reaction to it was completely like yours like oh my god this is amazing this is so clever. But actually I've watched it multiple Mm. times over the last two weeks and every single time I've watched it my perception of it has changed Changed so much more now at this point whenever I watch it it's just making me increasingly uncomfortable Mm. about how it's being heralded as this piece of genius which I think is sort of probably the point Mm. and um, I mean one thing in particular I did there's a there's been a lot of kind of like viral videos going around where people have like changed the song so they're taking out why is that happening it's so cringe and there is one of there's a one where it's a Carly Rae Jepsen Mm. And I'm a huge Carly Rae Jepsen fan, so anything that's Carly Rae Jepsen adjacent, I will, you know, enjoy. But it's sort of like this exceedingly kind of strange experience, the fact that you're taking out that song and you're basically, it's beat matching. Why are you doing that? It's beat matching, isn't it? So it's the whole point is that it's like, oh, if you put in this song, then he dances. And it's just like, it's almost like... That's so embarrassing. Everything becomes so convoluted. And I just, you know, I'm not disputing the kind of the power and, and, you know, because it's an incredibly hard hitting video. But at the same time, I think that it's been really interesting to watch this kind of like media kind of like... Frenzy over Frenzy over And I think it's funny. It seems funny that it 
comes at exactly the same time as like lots of people are now suddenly realizing that Kanye West is like a difficult problematic yeah. person whereas well, he was previously heralded as a genius I think what I found interesting actually at the time was the fact that yeah so the the video and and the Gambino and SNL came at, at, after a few weeks of Kanye West's kind of very public you know, not meltdown because that's not what was happening, but this sort of like he suddenly took to Twitter again and he was saying very flagrant things and he was involved in MAGA and t- Trump and all Trump of this and, stuff. Yeah. And it was the way that kind of like Gambino was being posited, mm. you know, Donald Glover as a person was being posited as a, as a kind of like, oh, well, Kanye's a problem now, mm. but don't worry, we've got Childish Gambino. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that Donald no, Glover no. And, and Kanye West should be kind of like, oh, well, Kanye, don't, Donald Glover is now what Kanye West was in yeah. 2005 when. When he spoke out against the Bush administration. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's not a kind of either or yeah. scenario. I think it's and too complicated yeah, I think, for that. And we, I think we've kind of made, we've clearly made that stake, mistake already with Kanye West. Yeah. And I think just because, you know, it's a video that's very clever and is made up of lots of references to, yeah. to African culture and also, you know, um, black history and black experiences, but just because it manages to kind of intertwine a lot of reference points doesn't necessarily make it really clever. It's, it's problematic. A There's point. a lot of, you know, lot of, when I've been reading things, it's sort of like things yeah. have been pointed out to me actually about how there's sort of elements of it that don't sit right with various communities. And I've kind of gone like, oh, actually, that's really interesting. Mm. I, hadn't, I, from my position, hadn't thought of that, but actually, were my background different, then actually, I think yeah. that that in particular would make me more uncomfortable or blah, blah, blah. You know, that yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. So it's interesting. There's... I mean, I'm I am looking forward to the whatever kind of full length record comes out of this kind of mm. um, period of of childish Gambino. Um, so I mean, it will be really really interesting. But I have just kind of find found I have kind of found watching this kind of media frenzy around the song and the video in particular really really interesting. So. Yeah. On to the main topic. The main April. event. So we alluded to in our movie section that we would be talking about Infinity War now, but. Um, I'm going to publicly um, admit that until probably... Oh yeah, I think we should begin with our... Let's address this. Let's address our long-running <laughs> sort of I think... difficult history with the Marvel Universe. Because I think that so when we did our Black Panther episode, we'd basically both been like, "Oh, don't give a shit about the MCU, really." So this is great. I'm really glad I'm in on this, and I I will hold my hands up and say that I don't until probably this year I wasn't that bothered about the Marvel Cinematic Universe apart no. from that I just really like Captain America. Yes. Like I, I think that's always been apparent. Yeah, just big fan of Captain America. Those were my favourites. So Black Panther got me kind of like a bit more pumped for yeah. like the prospect of watching Infinity War. And then in the UK in February and March, we had an exceedingly bad period of snow. Yes, we did. Um, Tom was off, my husband was off work for Freaky a week, snow. basically. And I had to trudge back and forth to my place where I work and because there was like nothing we could do we were both just really bored and we'd, we were in a post um, Black Panther haze I'd made the suggestion to Tom that like because he was a little bit more interested about like filling in the gaps before yeah. Infinity War and I was like oh well we could re-watch this or watch this and blah 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 so in that time we watched Captain America the First Avenger yeah the Avengers I'd yeah. already seen both of those yeah. um, Captain America Rewatched. Winter Soldier yeah Age of Ultron mm-hmm. And Civil War. So that's one, two, three, four, five, sure, six yeah. in the space of a week. That's and I, at the end intense. of that, I was like, Do you know, what? I'm actually kind of pumped for Infinity War. Um, so we went into seeing um, 
Infinity War, me and Tom personally were just a bit like, yeah, I know what's happening. Mostly because I was just a bit conscious of like going into seeing it and being like, what's happening? What's happening? I could read Wikipedia, but I personally, for my own benefit, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I've had some criticism. Well, from... I just don't see why we have to be criticised at all for it. Like, I um, think it's okay we already to know... not care about no. something and then care about something. Yeah, you know? of course it is. Like, at which point, no, oh, God, no, I'm not even going to cover it. But don't yeah, talk. so you weren't you used to not be as embedded in the MCU and now no, you are far then, more embedded in the MCU. I mean, I think MCU. if anything was going to get... What do you fucking do, April? Have you read any of the comics? I have. Oh, I've read some of the Black Panthers. I but... haven't read a single fucking MCU <laughs> comic in my life. Do you know how many of the films I haven't watched? A fuck ton of them. There are lots. I've watched the ones with Chris Hemsworth in and like <laughs> Doctor Strange because Wesley put it on. So I've seen one Captain America film, and do you know what? That I've got actually a upsets fuck load me. of opinions about this film. So there you go. <laughs> Fucking eat it. So yeah. So I'd gone not care. So in go conclusion, I'd not really cared about MCU, and then was just like, I'm going to fill in the gaps just as a completist, and then I'm going to go into Infinity War informed. So Infinity War, um, I did not. But that is why this is going to be an interesting counter discussion. So um, Infinity War is the sequel to the Avengers and the Age of Ultron, as well as being the 19th film in the Marvel M- MCU, so the cinematic universe, um, which began back in 2008 with Iron Man. Was um, it really Iron Man first? Was yeah. Incredible Hulk after that? Yeah, that the year after. Incredible Hulk was not good. Was I it? I haven't seen it. The one with oh, Edward Norton. God. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. So don't not really bothered. not for so, um, Infinity War is directed by um, Anthony and Joe Russo. Mm-hmm. They did two of the Captain America films. Yeah, they right? did Captain America um, First Event. No. No, I think Winter, Soldier Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah. Um, it had a budget of between 300 and 400 million dollars which means it's one of the most expensive films ever made and it was also filmed back to back with part two which is going to come out next May yep um, so this particular kind of the two-parter is the culmination of the last decade of MCU and the end of phase three we talked briefly about the phases I think during mm-hmm. when we talked about yeah, Ragnarok and Black Panther um, all of which have been overseen by Kevin Feige who's the current president of Marvel Studios collectively and this blew my mind um, all of the MCU films have grossed over 16 billion billion dollars at the box office isn't that fucking mad that's Um, absolutely insane the other thing i quite like about the russo brothers as well is that um they have a comedy background um they have worked on arrested development and community yeah Um, arrested development they won an emmy for arrested development which i thought was quite funny um at this point as well infinity war is now the fifth highest grossing film of all time i thought you were gonna say of mcu i was like what of all time so what's ahead of that so um Titanic, Jurassic World, oh, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. So Jurassic World. Sorry. To this point, bearing in mind it came out at the end of um, April and it's now twentieth of May. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity War has grossed um, over one point five billion dollars worldwide. That's insane. At this point, um, the other f- um, MCU films which are in the kind of top ranking of the highest grossing are Avengers is, is the sixth highest currently. Age of Ultron is the eighth highest. Black Panther is the ninth highest. Mm. And those positions obviously jostle depending on ongoing box yeah, office. Yeah. Black Panther's still available in cinemas I think at this point so it, it sort of shifted around quite a lot I hope that gets higher um, so the general premise of Infinity War is that the um, oh yeah sorry spoiler warning we are going oh, to talk about spoilers 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 if we're you, not going to hold back if you back. don't want to watch it or aren't going to watch it or haven't had a chance to watch it then maybe Just don't turn it off now turn off now all we're going to do is talk about Obsession of the Week yeah so fine so um, Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy must come together to prevent Thanos from bringing into his possession all six of the Infinity Stones which would give him total control over the universe and everything that's in it including humanity um the avengers are kind of in a post-civil war world um that's the film not the 
wore itself. Um, they were pretty <laughs> fractured after the um, UN sanctioned Sokovia Accords. Oh yes, politics. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just switched off there for a second. Sorry, you, know you were I saying. I was quite surprised at how much of this I remembered. Anyway, the, the, those Love a government the Sokovia Awards were designed to basically control the Avengers under the UN. Um, <laughs> um, and Thanos's arrival means they have to sort of come back together again to stop the universe from ending. Um, Thanos is a character that's been looming throughout the kind of last decade. Um, he was in a post credits after the Avengers because he was the one that Loki had been acting on behalf of in that film. And mm-hmm. um, he's in the first Guardian where we learn that he's Nebula and Gamora's father, stepfather. And he's also in the post-credits at the end of Age of Ultron where that's the point where he vows to go... God, I don't even remember that, you know. He vows to go and collect the Infinity Stones himself. Um, So just on the fracturing part, so at at the beginning of Infinity War, Iron Man's in New York um, about to get married or has married Pepper Potts. Pepper. Pepper. Pepper Potts. I don't know what... I can't remember if they're married. Uh... Because they're getting, there's, they talk about the engagement at the end of Homecoming, Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. So I don't know if they're married or if they're getting married. Anyway. I can't remember either. I wasn't sure what the implication was there. Um, Captain America's gone rogue with Falcon and Black Widow. Um, Vision mm-hmm. and Wanda are sort of having secret dalliances together. Um, Bucky's in, in Wakanda, Edinburgh. where he's so after Civil War to recuperate. Yeah, they're just in Edinburgh getting some kebabs. Um, Wakanda Lovely has Edinburgh. opened its doors to the world. Um, I've written in caps lock here, like Go it's on. significant. Hawkeye has retired. Life was too tough. Well, shame. Sure. And um, probably most significantly is um, Thor and the rest of the Asgardians are looking for a new place to live yes. after the descru- destruction of their home and the film Big deal. Infinity War opens um, with um, Thanos getting to their ship first and um, kind of interrogating them for um, one of the stones. Um, in the build up to the film, there'd been lots of discussion about possible deaths because a lot of the original Avengers contracts are up mm-hmm. or have already ended. Um, Chris Evans had talked about the fact that he was off Hemsworth, I think, has in, been a bit in contention. RDJ's been yeah. up for a while. So there's there'd been a lot everyone's, of discussion about... Everyone's reached MCU saturation, I imagine. Yeah, so, careers. I mean, I have my feelings on it. Mm-hmm. What were you... Because, so obviously, in the build-up, I had gotten kind of pretty pumped on it. So I think that my reaction to it was probably different to yours. Mine's like an average level of pump. Yeah, like a half, a half pump. Like two Timmy pumps. It's a two Timmy pump, which is a thing that we're going to talk about every episode from now on. So, Aka, but, but, Ladybird. <laughs> but how, how um, was your reaction? Because I, I have feelings on it. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I mm. think that... I think you're far more emotionally invested in it than I am. I think it helped having an awareness of what was going on. I do think that if you went into this completely blind, having seen like one film well you'd have no idea what's going on no here idea. and is. i think this is not a film for people who haven't seen anything no and i think that when we were talking about it with von this morning she said that like she's pretty shrug about it in the sense that like it's a good film and it's also a sheer logistical feat which yes. you have to kind of like clap you know yeah. give applaud to the russo brothers for actually bringing a lot of the this, all of the strands together and mm. I think what I did enjoy about it and I've seen it twice mm-hmm. um, we saw it together and then I went back and saw it um, last week um, after work just because I kind of wanted to just indulge myself um, yes. for an evening um, and what I did enjoy actually that all of the parts kind of slot together and there are very yeah. much like it's kind of a pl- no, I don't want to say it's a play because that's probably giving it too much credit but it's sort of like you do jump from acts. places yeah. to places because there are little groups of people mm. which are kind of there are little happenings that are going on that they all kind of come together at the end for the last battle. I think that was going to be the best way to handle it. I mean, I think going into it... When you're trying to bring different strands, 
difficult to actually kind of like have one location so like the first avengers film for example you know you had nick fury bringing together you know the core avengers for this one thing and that kind of made sense to kind of bring in those different people Mm. but when you've by this point as the 19th film when you've kind of got so many different things going on that you need to cover it's difficult to kind of bring everyone together in one scenario so i did like the fact that it was like you know you have this going on there this going on there this going on there. yeah i think that was the way they were gonna have to do it i mean going in i was sort of averagely excited mm -hmm. like fine it'll be good fun um, as I find all kind of yeah. MCU films good fun. I think everyone was just thinking, how were they going to pull it off? How are they going to feature that many characters? So Yeah, so I think they made like a pretty simple premise with Thanos and his mission, which I think was the right way to go. Because yeah. I think Marvel sometimes suffers from having like 50 storylines oh in one yeah. film, which makes it complicated. So they kind of split the characters into teams, which I think it... I mean, it was obviously going to get a little bit confusing because they're jumping from one place to another. But I think that was the best way to do it. So I feel like they they managed to showcase each and every character. So each and every character got their kind of bit in the spotlight. I think it's... I read read or listened somewhere that actually, like, if you cut all the bits into chunks and kind of recorded how long each character's on the screen, they only get about three minutes screen time each. It's so so funny like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think they did really well to showcase everyone. Yeah. But also, you know, obviously doing it that way means that you don't get any particular amount of time with a character no 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 very much um but i think again that was always i don't it's not too much of a criticism because i think that was everyone knew it was going to be that way when i went to see it for the second time i think the first time around i was just like super hyped and kind of like overwhelmed not necessarily overwhelmed Mm. but like oh there's that person there's Mm. that person that's that person and when i did go and see it a second time what i found was quite interesting is that like it's quite a long time until like cap appears yeah 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 um and it's quite a long time until like you know cap and bucky are mm. like it's, it's really interesting that you don't i don't think the first when i went to see it when we went i don't think i realized like how much time had passed and the, yeah to its credit the second time i did see it it didn't feel as long and that's probably because i knew the trajectory, yeah, trajectory yeah, that yeah. it was going was to take mm. um so i think it i mean i just it is i think that it is just a complete logistical feat of like trying yeah to make, they did really well i think they handled it in the best way and that i they liked could. the um i did like the different teamings the way they kind of like grouped different they, t- people they teamed together. the right people together as yeah, well, absolutely. So you, so you had kind of like Thor and, and some of the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, you had Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange, Iron Man together. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Captain America going to Wakanda and everything like that. So I just mm-hmm. I did think that the pairings were quite interesting that kind of like showed off the kind of talents of those um, different people whose paths hadn't necessarily crossed. Yeah, and I mean, it's always a novelty to see them cross, isn't it? I mean, that was kind of the main kind of fun of it was to see all these people brought together. To um, me, it felt less messy. Have you seen Civil War? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it felt less messy than Civil War. One of my least favourite things about that particular Captain America film is that when they're in Berlin on the airfield um, and there's just that like mass yeah, fight yeah. and it's just like, there's so much going on right yeah. now. It's just, I think that's always the, the risk, isn't it? Um, I Marvel think... films aren't necessarily known for their striking narrative and no. plot development and I think and everyone I think knew a... that was going to be the case with this film so I think it's forgiven for falling short in some areas completely um, in terms of you know like the amount of screen time that people get and things like that um, I liked that there was this kind of obviously overarching battle and you know the entire world and the entire universe was at stake 
but there were also sort of mini personal battles yeah. like with Thanos and, Gav- and Gamora and things like that. I think it was quite hard to... I mean, I know we'll get to the ending anyway, but one of the things for me personally as someone who's not massively emotionally invested in it is like the real emotion obviously came at the end and I found that there were points of emotion throughout the rest of the film, like right at the beginning mm-hmm. when Thanos um, yeah, comes across Thor and Loki and yeah. you know there are a lot of deaths in that scene yeah. and there's no time at all to kind of rest and feel emotional no, about no. that. It's so, like bam, bam, Yeah, bam, 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 yeah, bam. Yeah. So you don't really... I didn't feel emotional about anything really, like Loki at the beginning. I didn't really feel emotional. It was only the end, kind of that big ending, yeah. where I felt like you had time to kind of process it because obviously you were coming out of the cinema. Yeah. And kind of, so there wasn't much time to... No, do you know what I mean? Cons- feel yeah, any kind of emotion. And considering that it's like two and a half hours long, the film, it is difficult. There wasn't much time to kind of like dwell. Like I, there's so many points at which I was like, oh, I really like this. I wish mm. this would be more developed. Like, you know, I wanted to know, I wanted more time with like, you know, oh, well, what have Captain America and Black Widow and Falcon yes. been doing for like two years? Because yeah. they've obviously gone off the grid. Yeah. The fact that like, you know, so Iron Man... Um, Tony Stark says that you know he doesn't he hasn't spoken to Cap mm. so and like Cap and Bucky like yeah you know Come reunited on, man. Like, it's like there's no time for this guys we've got to keep going well, Loki's like fa- dead no time keep going yeah there's a part of, like, so uh, Natasha Romanoff you know Black Widow they ask they, she mentions in passing that like Clint so Hawkeye yeah. is like oh yeah no he's like on house arrest because yeah. he didn't want to get to him because of his family what like what what yeah. Come on. what yeah what? like and I think it I mean it's and I think we both agree that it's fairly inevitable that was going to happen so I don't think it's like a huge flaw I went but, in with like you know, managed expectations and I was 12 hour film that it'd be nice to yeah you've kind of got to fill in the gaps for yourself a lot mm. of the time and I went in with managed expectations where I'm looking forward to this mm. but I'm also not expecting like an Oscar winning no, 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 movie no. with like stellar performances from this vast array of people no just I think like, the performances were good actually yeah just, and I think yeah. I think part of why I'd gotten so caught up in kind of MCU and all of the films in the build up actually was because like we just wanted something kind of that I could just put on yes and not have to focus on too much because because I was just exhausted from like snow trauma and yes. all, you know what I mean like it was just yeah, like, it's a nice oh these are kind of fun things that are kind of we can watch and and it's always fun escapism isn't it it's complete escapism and, and and as someone that has no investment in the comic background no. it's nice to just be like oh well I like that character mm. I don't care about that character's history you know mm. what I mean like I think I'm probably the bare minimum that you should go into <laughs> yeah like and find it because I know that we like there was one person like one friend that we know who found the whole thing really boring and as like insulting as that is to a lot of people I think he's got absolutely no background no with MCU at all he's probably seen like one maybe two films yeah. out of the entire lot max yeah, yeah. And I think there's just not enough to get I mean I freely wouldn't give a shit either no. like I am I think I'm the base minimum yeah yeah completely I've probably seen about seven films and I'm the base yeah like I had enough to carry me through to be excited when certain people arrived. I think for me, what is telling is the fact that, like, if you're, if I look back over the 19 films that have happened over mm. the last 10 years, the only ones I've seen at the cinema are Avengers, mm-hmm. which I saw with you saw and Anne when it yeah. came out, Black Panther, mm-hmm. and Thor Ragnarok. That's three. That's literally at three. The cinema. At the cinema. Yeah. Everything else has been catch up. Everything after. else has been like, oh, it's streaming, I guess yeah. I'll watch it. So yeah. I think that, like, you know, I, I'm, I have a level of investment now, but previous to that, I was just like, oh, it's fine. I'll 
watch them at mm. some point. They were mm-hmm. never like so you know, and it's interesting to think about how the Avengers and Marvel Cinematic Universe films are always posited as like huge event movies yeah. because for me they're just like this is the first time where I've been like oh yeah, shit I've it's passed. coming out I'm yeah, but everything passed, else I've been like and we, it wasn't oh, like we were stoked to do like a midnight screening and no, none of that I was really looking happened. forward to seeing Black Panther and I was and last year I was mm. really looking forward to seeing yeah. Ragnarok but that for me for for Ragnarok in particular was like it's a Taika Waititi director I mean that was Thor off the scale film. good I think like I was at that point I don't want to be that person but I was like I was sold on the director alone yeah he's 100%. a director whose work I've adored and I like Chris Hemsworth mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to be like maybe a different take on it so yeah. that's why I was like do you know what I am actually going to see it at the cinema but mm. we waited for ages and when we went you'd already seen it right like had you oh, no, yeah, Vaughn, yeah 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 I went with Vaughn you had Vaughn had already yeah, gone yeah. and then we went again yeah so like we waited for ages and then it was only when I was like do you know what I think actually if I don't see this in the cinema I will be disappointed yeah and yeah, yeah. I did but pr- prior to that I would never have been like oh let's go like yeah and, and I can't make any promises event. that I'll do it for all future film I mean I'll do it for obviously the next Infinity War full disclosure but... as soon as a certain per- person taps out I'm probably not going to yeah. do that book <laughs> yeah which see, this segues which perfectly is here, but I mean it segues perfectly because when we were talking about how we were going to review Infinity War and what the most important aspects were... For us. For us, personally, it's... <laughs> I mean, the most important aspect for us is the buy-in with the people that we find really attractive, Yeah, of right? course, 100%. My, my enthusiasm for Infinity War solely... based on beards. ...came from when, when the first teaser came out in November... I want to say mm. November last year. There is the exceedingly incredible shot of Cap coming Bit of Cap. forward... With his fucking beard and that hair. Yes. And Chris Evans, like, smoldering look. And, there was a and, lot. There's a lot of smolder. T'Challa, Black Panther saying, get this man a shield. And I was like, yes. Woo! Yes, get yes. this man a shield. Um, that is the sexiest so, phrase that anyone's ever said to Yeah, me. Yeah, so for us, I think the, the realest representation of our feelings towards Infinity War was to make a ranking. Yeah. And also, how many deep dives into Infinity War are they going to be around at the moment? Everywhere. You don't need us to tell you about... I just don't have any hot takes about there are population no control. No. That yeah, are where is that coming from as well? That's not even going there. But that's nuts. what I mean. I don't have any hot takes no. about what's going to happen because everyone, half the cast died at the end. Yeah. You know? I have feelings about that. But also, they're all just going to come back anyway. What I would like in part two is like an hour, two hour long exposition about how Steve feels about losing just, Bucky. So just Steve just sitting there crying yeah. is what you want. I'd like that. I'd like that. Because really. you just dream of comforting him. Yeah, so I think that, that what, what we can do... The thing that we can do which is most valuable to everyone... So, I mean... Our own contribution we, to the Marvel Universe. We, we decided that we would just do Infinity War because... Now, I learnt that... Because, so there are 19 films. There is... Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron. Oh, I've seen more than I Ant-Man, thought, Ant-Man, you know. Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and then Infinity War. I've seen Plus, Upcoming, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Captain oh, yeah. Marvel. And then also, according to IMDb, there are 221 people involved, casting-wise, in the MCU. I can't rank all of those. That would have taken me quite a long time. Yeah. So we are only going to be ranking... 46. 46. Well, you've done 46, I've done 39 with the addendum of those extras. What oh, I yeah, well, I've... Incl- okay, yeah, so we, it was the Infinity War casting that we've ranked by important hotness ranking, um, but also I April added suggested some, some extras... Of which are unsurprising who now, they are. This was mostly for for 
Well, it was for my benefit. And my benefit. And your benefit, because I felt there were people that I didn't want to ignore their existence of. I've incorporated them into my ranking. Well, I've done my ranking. So this is Infinity War plus extra hot people. So what I've done is I've I've done in the cast of the Infinity War, characters from Infinity War, but then I've also got the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven extras that I added on the end for lols. Yeah. I've put put helpful arrows of where they were placed. Cool. And I'll just, well, everyone will know if they're not in it. How are we going to, I think we should go backwards from our least to our most (laughs) and i think uh do we just want to do one i don't know do we want to do one at a time or um you did you did 39 right yeah so i've got one two three four five six seven more than you that's fine when we get closer towards because to be honest all those extras i added in place quite highly for me so oh yeah we'll, yeah me I'll, too because they're hot that's, that's why you that's chose why I them, them so when we get to the top should we part, do should we do should we do them in thirds so should we do our least <laughs> we'll go for and i mean bearing it i was having a go at april I earlier because i was like you have literally made me rank wong ned and like u.s <laughs> secretary of state that Ross in my ranking. Yeah, but that's part of why I thought it would be funny because I I don't have anything to contribute to this conversation about Infinity War other than like who's hot and who's who's not. Who's hot and who's not. Let's do it in thirds. Let's do our least hot. So we do 40 to 30. Yeah, let's do 40. I'm doing 46 to 30. Okay, you go from, you do yours first and then I'll just contribute. Okay, I'm going backwards. So these are my least hot. And this is really hard. So right. When When we say hot, are you thinking like. Oh, okay. So yeah, the other thing is there could be three different lists here because you we have could to. Do... You have to. What are actual? Yeah. So there could be. I haven't done a list of actors that I find attractive. No, because when I gave that you... would be very. When different. I gave you the list, the yeah. reason that I'd included the characters and the actors was more for your benefit, so that yeah. you would no. remember yes. who they were. Because I'm. I don't know everyone. So yeah. yeah. That was. So very I didn't helpful. want to be like, oh, it's this. So character. this isn't a ranking of the actors. No, this is a be, ranking of the characters as they are. So who yeah. I would bang in Infinity War. Yeah. In that time, yeah. if there was a quick pause and I could like knock one out with someone, this is. These are who I would bang and who I would not bang. Um, and yeah, also, because I do feel like the top, the higher ranking, as in like the the least numbers, yeah. so like forty downwards, you probably yeah. like, that you. I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't. I'm. I'm not. Banging I'm having these to rank people. them because they're there. I'm having to rank them. They're just in a big blob at the end, really. So don't take this too literally. Also, it's not based on like how. Um, attached I am to certain people because my bangable rating does not always equate with people that I have like emotional fine. attachments Completely to. Fine. So just so everyone knows, this is people that we want to bang in the film whether they're like green or purple or an animal. Oh yeah, and also regardless of gender, race, Tree. alienness, species, species. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people to choose from. These are going to be the interesting ones, I think, because I think the explanation really fucking hard. Go to, on, then. you go right at the bottom. Yep. I, I can barely. I don't even. <laughs> I, I don't think I can even pronounce his name. Yeah. Right, so right at the bottom, yep. I put the collector, who's played by Benicio Del Toro. I, <laughs> I, would, I would probably do Benicio Del Toro, like, quite easily. He makes me feel physically sick. He's quite high in my uh, Fuck. I think it's the beard. It's like the little goatee. He makes me feel physically repulsed. So I stuck him right at the bottom because wow, I'm okay. just not doing it sure. um, 45 was Ebony Moore who you left off the list that was an unintentional that wasn't like it's a... just got no sex appeal whatsoever <laughs> has he he's just like an alien blob then I've put Ned who is supposed to be 16 and Groot who is a teenager because they're both morally like I can't bang a teenager April Ooh, um, however you will note 
that Tom Holland is not there. Spider-Man's not there. He's a little bit further up, so I'm actually ignoring my own logic as well. So I refuse to bang a teenager and a 16-year-old unless it's Peter Sorry, Parker. a 16-year-old tree. Tree. Yeah, so Baby Groot's a definite no. He's like... It's not Baby Groot, it's Teen Groot. Yeah, so Teen Groot... Baby Groot is a definite no. Teen Groot is also a no. I don't care if he's voiced by Vin Diesel. It's He's a teenage tree. He says one word, I don't so actually mind one. if he's a tree. It's more... <laughs> The fact that he's a teenager, so I can't be doing that. Then well, I put U.S. Secretary of State Thaddeus. Ross. Are you kidding? He's an old white man. I'm not interested. Wow. I'm just not interested. Okay, sure. This then I put. I can't even remember who this is. Corvus Glaive, who's one of Thanos's he's henchmen. The, I think he's just, the he's the one that's Ebony Moore's like bestie. Oh yeah, I'm just not okay, fussed by any of them. Then I've got is it Eatree the dwarf? Hasn't had a wash in ages, so not really there for it. Then I put Wong because I don't, I don't even remember Wong being in it. He was kind of at the beginning. He's at the beginning. That he fucked I just, off. he hasn't got a lot of, he just hasn't got a lot of personality. Then I put Nick Field, aka Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, Nick Fury, you mean? Oh from yeah. Shield. Why have I put Field? Because you've I've conflated put Nick Fury, Fury and from Shield. Shield to Nick Field. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, okay. yeah, Nick Fury's not doing it this for me. Great, um, then I put War Machine, because he's got slightly more sex appeal than Nick Fury. Okay. Um, am I going down to 30? Okay. Yeah, then I put Red Skull, because I quite like skulls. They're pretty cool, so I'd probably go there. Then I've put, this is going to be one of the most controversial, because it's so far down. I've put Thanos, because he's got a ball bag for a chin. <laughs> I'm not having sex with someone who has... A testicle for a chin, April. <laughs> I'm not doing it. And I don't buy into fucking Twitter with all this shit about oh, he's everyone. Not thick, he's Thanos. I don't care if he's thick. He's so got a ball bag the chin. The thing is, I, I really like Josh Brolin. Yes. I would, I would bang Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's voice could probably talk yeah. me into a coma, yeah. in a, a sexual coma, but um, probably would. So, should I do mine? Um, I've got to 34, so okay, let me just do three more. Then I've got Proxima Midnight, who's another one of Thanos' henchmen. Only higher, I think. She's pretty fit she's for an female. Alien. Yeah. So I put her higher. Um, Equal opportunities. Then I put Vision. He's red. I don't fancy him when he's red. I fancy Paul Bettany. I put but him he's, higher. He's not always red. But he's just red throughout this film, no. though. Polarizing so people. I wouldn't bang him. Then I put Mantis, because I fancy her more than Vision. Um, and then I put Doctor Strange, because it's Benedict Cumberbatch, and I don't fancy him at all. <laughs> this is gold. Right, fine. Go on. Um, I had... So my I've done Your mine bottom. from 39, because I, f- I fitted in the people. My bottom is Red Skull, because he's an actual Nazi. I'm not a fucking Nazi. So there you go. That's, I mean, Skull. yeah, I guess we, I were, ta- we were taking into account personality traits. I just thought <laughs> it was quite cool that he had a skull head. But... He's, for his skull, but he's, he's an actual Nazi. That's so fine. Then it was Cull Obsidian, Ned. I like that you ranked Cull Obsidian <laughs> lower than Ebony Moore. <laughs> And then Ned. We put Ned in the same place, um, though. Then it was Corvus Glaive. Then it was Ebony Moore. Then it was Groot. Yeah. You right? Okay. He's got computer games, man. Be into that. Um, then Eatry the Dwarf. A nice yeah, pair, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That's quite yeah. cool. No, um, he's unwashed. Then Girl. Proxima Midnight. She was pretty cool for, like, an alien God, henchman. you rated Wong higher. Go on. Then it was Wong. Okay. Then I it think was, a fair Then it was Thanos. Yeah. Then it was Nick Fury. Um, And then I had... So War Machine's a bit higher for you. Then I put The Collector. Because, I don't know, man, he's not... Like, he's fine. In Guardians of the Galaxy, he was all right, so... 
I think he's really creepy. Okay, that's fine. I think there's something going on there that's just not okay. No, okay, that's fine. It's just not okay. It's fine. I feel quite strongly about it. That's fine. We've okay. all got strong feelings. You wouldn't. Can you not ever date him? Because I don't think I could be in the same room. Just, like, would you bang him? I probably would. Is he in the bang? I think this is the unbangable segment of this list. No, but that's what I mean. Like he's nearer the top in comparison to the okay. rest. But I probably wouldn't if I necessarily had to. Okay, so that's fine. he's my um. That was that for me. That was thirty nine to twenty eight. God, Should I got... continue on with my mid mid level? Yeah, yeah, you so do mid level. My mid level goes from twenty seven. I'll do twenty seven to twenty because then we can do our top twenties. Fair. So then after that, I had Drax the Destroyer, which I mean, nice guy, family man. He ranks higher in mine. <laughs> family man. Yeah, nice, family nice man. Tattoos. He's pretty funny. He's, He's quite, quite a funny guy. He's got that comedy. I like the invisibility muscular. joke. He made He's muscular. thick. Strong. Yeah, He's, he is thick. Um, then I put Thaddeus Ross. Okay. Um, William Hurt's quite handsome. Your... No, but. Like yeah. he's the head of the UN, like like power and stuff. Just, you know? I'm not bothered about politics, April. I just okay, I think it's it nice really in a boring. Suit, but that's fine. So um, then I had um, Rocket Raccoon. Oh okay, he was definitely a bit. I know actually, <laughs> they're probably in, on par. Yeah, a conversation. I mean, for an animal, he. Please, can you explain to the listeners what you describe Rocket Raccoon as being? He is the Robin Hood of the Marvel universe. Yeah, as in Robin Hood, the animated yeah. version that everyone fancies. Yeah. Fine. Definitely. He's resourceful. Like, for an animal, he's <laughs> quite hot. I don't know. He's resourceful. For an animal, he's resourceful and quite funny. And he's funny. a bit of a bad boy, so... <laughs> he'd probably get you nice presents because he'd steal them. Right. Right. Um, I think he'd be very... Yeah, he's very resourceful. You know what? I should probably put him higher. But yeah, carry so on. That was, and then War Machine. Okay. I'm just not really into Don Cheadle, but... No. That's fine. He was my 36. Um, and then I've got Mantis... Yeah, Conscious okay. of your feelings. Yeah, thank She's you. She's good at, like, you yeah. know, grasping what's going on with you. I think you. it would fuck me off a bit sometimes if she was, like, telling me the obvious. Mm, like, yeah. you have PMS. <laughs> yeah. She's aware of what's going no on with you shit. rather than not. Um, then I had Nebula. Okay, yeah, Nebula's pretty hot. Um, then I had Maria Hill from S.H.I.E.L.D. Fair. Um, and then I had Doctor Strange as my 20. Doctor Strange was much higher on your list than he was on mine. Just not feeling old Benny, you know. Um, He uh, is fine. Yeah, that's got a nice cape. Nice, I like his wardrobe. Nice apart, nice house. No, actually, the house is nice. I if like we're going to bang him for the house, I'd probably bang him for the house. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's got and he's able to play around with time and stuff. And I'm exceedingly oh, late a lot of yeah. the time. He could, be, he could get you anywhere in good. T- you could be early. Yeah, and I'd be early, and he might be able to go into the future okay, and tell me how my day higher. was going to go. I could plan accordingly. In my inevitable revision of this list that I do afterwards for my own joy, we can come back to it this time next year. Look. Yeah, should we revisit the list? Yeah, so that was my. Right. Um, so that was 30 to 20? Yeah. Okay. So you yours. Right. 29. Yep. Hawkeye. <laughs> the silence. Really? I just don't fancy Jeremy Renner. Okay. Just don't get it. Wow. I did warn you in beforehand that this would be like... Which is the... Contro- is this quite the- polarising. Go on. This is not the most controversial, no. Um, then I've got Maria Hill. Yep, fine. Because she was... I would have ranked her higher because I think objectively she's quite attractive. She's but really She's beautiful. also been in How I Met Your Mother, so that pushed her oh. down again. Um, sure. Pepper Potts. Wow, okay. I pushed her down because actually I thought she was quite fit, but then I looked at some of the other ladies and... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, fine. Um, just no. Um, then Rocket, he's 26. <laughs> so so we, I would I rather bang do... a raccoon than Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> That's what we've got out of this. That's the takeaway from this. Then thing. I put Drax. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather bang Drax than all of them. Fine. 
Then Gamora. She's green. Um, uh, but she's really beautiful. She is really beautiful. Then Nebula. I think I think Nebula's actually quite hot, so I should have probably put her higher. <laughs> is it because she's an android? Then I put Black Widow. Because I just don't fancy Scarlett Johansson at all. Oh, where where was Black Where was Black Widow ranked in uh, Vons? Oh, where is it? Hang on. So she's me... top 10 for you. Top 10 for me. Then. She's 22 for me. I can't Fuck believe you, it. Natasha do you really not Romanoff. Fancy, do you not really fancy? Don't I'm see it. We don't were... see it. Vod only sent us our top 10, her top 10, so she's number two in Vons. I know, I'm so, so sorry. I'm okay, so go sorry. On, fine. Keep going. Guess what my 21 is. I don't want to guess what your 21 is. Go so, on. No, I don't want it. It's going to hurt me. <laughs> Who would it be? I don't want to. Who is it? Who did I say that was going to be really controversial and would not be ranked highly? Who? It's Loki. <laughs> oh my god, why? I really fancy Tom Hiddleston. You're... But I just can don't I, can get Can I just it. tell you something? that I don't particularly fancy Tom Hiddleston in real life, but I totally would bang Loki. He's just really pale and, like, but you're, greasy. But you're a goth. Loki's, like, king of the goth. I think he might be a fake goth, you know. <laughs> I'm not feeling his authenticity. I think he needs to... It's a bit of a trickster. He'd definitely screw me around. He's not going to call me back. He would probably not... Not reply to your text I put messages. Loki as 21. Can't believe this. Keep going. Fuck you all. Uh, 20 is Sam Wilson Falcon. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Am I going through to 10? Yeah, you keep going to your 10. 19 is Shuri Letitia Wright because I think she's... I mean, she's Ooh, really she's brainy. she's 19 same as these yep. one the same um, yeah she's really brainy which is really hot then's Wakabi who is is that Wakabi uh, yeah that's fine I think Daniel I, Kaluuya yeah that's fine I placed him fine. in the top objectively 15. hot I'm not really sure. He seems like he might be a bit. He, was, he did some stupid things. I was things quite. In I was Black really Panther. into him in Black Panther, so yeah. I think that's he was why a bit I tried to include him. But okay. I think I was disappointed he wasn't in Infinity War, but that's fine. Yeah, um, but hot, fine. Then Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, or Brie Larson, who is not in this film, so was one of uh, no, but she's gonna... one of April's included from the. She's other included list. on a beeper at the end. Yeah, she is included. Then um, she's pretty fit, isn't she? I love her. Yeah, so she's there, seventeen. Then, uh, I just, I feel a bit nervous because I actually know, I feel a bit sick doing the rest of this because April's going to be so angry with me. I don't know if she's ever going to forgive me. Okay, just hide. So, number 16 yep. is Scott Lang, aka Ant-Man. Why? He got Why? trumped by the Star-Lord, Chris Pratt, at 15 because objectively I think I'd rather bang the Star-Lord. I was just thinking about it. Then I put Wanda because Elizabeth Olsen is so fit, so fit. Then, I think this might be... Of the two ones that I think are going to hurt you most, this one is going to hurt you. It's number 13. It's Bucky Barnes. <laughs> oh my God, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Um, Sebastian Stan is so hot. He's really hot. Just don't fancy Bucky Barnes Bucky very Barnes much. Bucky Barnes is like... He's got too... long hair, but I just don't really... I think his forehead's a bit too big, objectively, in this film. I don't think he suits long hair as much. Vaughn is going to be so mad at you. Oh, I know. Are you mad at me as well? S- I don't... Do you I feel think... a bit weird about me now? I don't think I can look at you. I think Bucky Barnes is like Tim Riggins. I think Tim Riggins suits the long hair more than Bucky Barnes. Just keep going. Um, if Bucky over. Barnes had a haircut, he might go a bit higher. Do so. you... Okay, so if it was like Bucky Barnes in like in the first Avenger, mm-hmm. so when he's like 19, yeah. like the Probably bang 1940s Bucky, yeah. war Bucky, yes. Bucky Barnes. Yeah, no, like... rank Bucky Barnes higher. Okay. Um, and if you were putting Bucky Barnes with Steve Rogers, like Von did, then that would definitely rank higher because then you're getting two for one and that's... They come as a package, so... That's pretty hot. So that would Fine. trump a lot of things if I was having a threesome with them. Oh, um, 11, so I put Peter Parker... 
um, who I thought would be in my bottom because he's a child. Um, but then Tom Holland was in that GQ photo shoot, and we should have had a separate thing to talk about yeah. the power of that. But yes, that's also fine. Um, he makes lots of good <clears throat> pop culture references. He knows his stuff. Then I put Bruce Banner because Mark Ruffalo is a fucking babe, so he's number eleven. Okay, um, should I do mine? So, so yeah, Doctor Strange was. Tw- I can't believe you put Bucky Barnes that high. You <laughs> fucking maniac. This is why I was treading it. <clears throat> Doctor on. Strange was my 20. Shiri was my 19. Pepper Potts was my 18. Nice. Vision was my 17. <sighs> Way higher than me, mate. Um, Even when he's red. <laughs> probably. Okay. Yeah. Mm. He knows his stuff. No, it's a bit too... Sensitive. No. Not into it. Okay, fine. Bit um, too much forehead. Then my 16's T'Challa is Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, in be- so I've, this is where I start adding in my extras that I didn't include Fucking in my hell. list. So I put Hawkeye would go above oh, Black Panther. You like Jeremy Renner? I think I fancy Jeremy Renner. Oh, this is- okay. Um, and then I had fifteen was Okoye. Um, Very nice. And then after that would be Nakia. Yeah. Because that was an extra one that I stuck in. And then yeah. fourteen was Gamora. Zoe Saldana is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Even she when she's fair. green. But so. I think it was the green maybe that. Fine. Um, thirteen was Sam Wilson Falcon. Anthony nice. Mackie man is just. I think he level. just didn't do any. He didn't stand out enough for me. I was really into him in Winter Soldier, so this is like lingering feelings. Um, then sure. probably above that, around that mark would be Wakabi. 12 was Wanda. Lizzie Olsen is just... She is. She's so beautiful. She is. Um, Very And then beautiful. Carol Danvers would probably be around that mark as well. Mm, yeah, fair. I love Brie Larson so much. Um, and then my 11 was um, Heimdall, was Idris. Um, Drizzy, yeah, big Driz. after that, I think, would be um, Eric Killmonger. So you keep going. What's your top 10? Please tell me your top 10. I can't believe you didn't put Bucky higher. I don't care anymore. <laughs> There's one more coming that's just going to fuck you off. I also can't... Also, I don't. I can't believe that you didn't place Peter Quill very high. I, just, I hate Chris Pratt at this point in life. I think, but yeah, I think I think Peter. I think his personality puts me off. Were you upset that he essentially Peter Quill's the reason that Thanos got away with what he did yeah. because he was a baby? Yeah, he's a massive baby in this film. Okay. So I think there was a bit of like personality. Yeah. Like but not even when he started impersonating Chris Hemsworth when he was doing Thor's voice. That just made me want to have sex with Chris Hemsworth more. <laughs> just by so, comparison. Just by comparison. Okay. Like, God, his voice you, is like... Your top ten. Number ten is Tony Stark. My favourite thing about this is that April listed the actor as Iron Man. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony Stark, brackets, Iron Man. And then put actor, yeah. Iron Man. Brilliant. Um, yeah, he's my number ten because he's an arrogant prick, but he's pretty hot and he's got money. Uh, number nine is <laughs> Nakia hot. because... Babe. Number eight is Okoye because babe. babe. <laughs> Number seven is Valkyrie, who is our honorary. She's honorary because I didn't want to Tessa not talk Thompson, about man. And she's so sassy in that film. And she's got like, she's just sassy. And we could have a good old drink together. Babe. I'm quite. Fuck. Okay. I'm going to put, so pay full attention. This is my top six. I'm taking six. off my hoodie in apprehension. My top six. Yep. So number six is Captain America. <laughs> Who he was beaten by? <laughs> Who was beaten by Heimdall? Because <laughs> he's got really nice amber eyes. Why don't you want to have sex with Scary? I don't know. Look, out of all forty-six oh people, God. he's number six. Come on, he's in my bangable quarter. But I did put Heimdall higher, and I try. I had to go back to this a couple of times and look really objectively at them both. And I just really oh fancy God, I Idris Elba you. when he's really like 
muscular and um, got nice sort of amber coloured eyes. Then (laughs) number four is M'Baku, which is a joke. Such a babe. Sorry. Number three is T'Challa. Number I can't, two. I, sorry, we're pausing here. Yeah. I can't believe that you genuinely would rather have sex with Black Panther than Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, April. Number two is Eric Killmonger because... He's honorary, so it doesn't the, count. Okay, he doesn't count. And my number one is <laughs> Thor. Go on. Oh my God. I couldn't just make a list that made you feel better, okay? <laughs> I couldn't just do it so that you loved me My more. ten is M'Baku. Fair. My nine was Tony Stark. Because I think I just really fancy Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, he's really hot. And I need to confront that. Also, there's something about Iron Man. We heart our problematics, don't we? (laughs) Great. Right? Um, Tony Stark's just inherently probably an awful person, but, you know, fine. Then Valkyrie would probably be in in between nine and eight. Eight was Bruce Banner. Yeah. Where did I put him Where did you put him I know he was a bit higher. He was a bit lower. He was 12. I just love Mark No, he was 11. He was 11. I love Mark Ruffalo also. And he's so charming in this. Yeah. He's so lovely. Okay, and then seven was Peter Parker. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Prior to this film, would you have ever put Peter Parker like as in Peter Parker of the past? Had you seen Homecoming previous to this? Mm. No, we watched it literally the afternoon after. So prior to watching Infinity War, do you think you would have even ranked Peter Parker very highly? Well, even though you hadn't seen him in anything yet. He was in Civil War. Oh, yeah, he's he was, quite cute. He? Yeah. He's just quite cute. Anyway, I'm Tom really Holland. I'm really sorry, Tom Holland. <sighs> Don't apologise to him. And then He's in the top ten. See, I can't believe... I, I, my, my number six was Peter Quill, right? But, but I don't like Chris Pratt very much. I don't like Peter Quill very much as I a said person. To, I said to you earlier I'm not that... thinking about Chris, Chris Pratt. I'm thinking of Peter Quill as a character is not very nice. Yeah. I think he's just annoying. I think that he would be fine, though, so... What, in the bedroom? <laughs> I want to die. Go on. Um, number five is Black Widow. I cannot believe you didn't put Scarlett Johansson higher. What was she again? Hang on, let me have a look. I know, 45 for you, probably. <laughs> she, she was. Because you're blind. Uh, <laughs> she was just behind Loki <laughs> oh 22. Oh, my God! <laughs> and then um, my number four was Loki. Yeah, goth prince. Previous this Loki like was the main reason I would have continued to watch oh, those okay, Avengers nice. films because just because Loki because Loki um then if I put anyone in between Loki and the next person it would have been Ant-Man because I would literally you just harvest, fancy Paul Rudd I would harvest my organs for Ant-Man it's just so Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd it's not even Ant-Man Ant-Man looks Paul... like Paul Rudd oh, okay that's fine come on man yeah that's true he looks like Paul Rudd therefore okay. insert Paul Rudd here <laughs> <laughs> number three is Thor yeah acceptable and then number two is Bucky Barnes I'm so sorry, Bucky. And then my number one, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Now, I just, I think that the top spots for us were like a foregone conclusion. Was this like the most <clears throat> controversial thing I've ever done in your presence? I just am really surprised. I just wanted a comparison, to be honest, but that's fine. How just, do you feel about me ranking Heimdall higher than Captain I America? Don't, I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest, because I actually feel deeply unsettled about the fact that that's what you Got nice decided to do. <laughs> weirdo um i don't think it's, i like idris elba mm-hmm. and i i place Heimdall quite high he's just outside of my top 10 oh okay see but, that's fine oh no he's mania. really and he's got these dreadlocks and he's yeah i'm really good at travel God, get you some so this is captioned infinity war characters i would bang one mbaku two black widow see her number one is mbaku that's fine he's a hey he's a, i put him as number hunk. four well, I put him top ten, so let's not let's not get too cagey. Um, 
three and four is Bucky and Steve together, which yeah, is that's like fine. Like fine. I said, that would rank higher. Five Loki, six Pepper Potts, seven Okai, um, eight Thor, nine Sam fine. Wilson, ten Nebula. I like Von's top ten because it's completely contrasting to ours. Yeah, I feel like hers is probably more legit. Nebula's a pretty good one. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like mine's the wild card. In that, my, I'm not the sure fa- what my the best thing about are doing at the moment. Yeah, but I think that's fine though. We're all different, we're aren't all we? Different. April? Yeah. Also, you think I don't think you can objectively say that like um, any other man is like more beautiful than like Lizzie Olsen, for example. No, you know. No, have the, you I seen mean, her? Yeah, Do you know like, what she looks like? Yeah, Okoye and yeah, right? just beautiful. Yeah, you're not really like if you. Yeah, also, we were this, being also, nice this list would have been like higher. the most boring list ever if we'd just done, done men. God, it would have been so boring. Or male identifying aliens, you know, yeah. like boring. Um, Man identifying as aliens. Um, I like that in in follow-up to her list, Vaughn said, um, also, Steve and Bucky are so very pretty, but if I'm actually getting down with them, I don't want to deal with their issues. So it's got to be both or not at all. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's, that's complete. She's thought about that. Also, the speed at which she wrote this list out. She knew. Like, she'd already had it written down. This took down. me two days. I know. I implore more people to send us lists. Can you? Of pe- like, I of want their everyone's Avengers. top tens. Yeah, everyone's top ten event uh, of people in this film. Um, and maybe we'll read some next time. But we want, yeah, I want to see if anyone agrees. For me, it wasn't necessarily the top ones that I was interested in. It Although, was didn't the I journey. throw a few you threw curveballs curve in. I'm glad that you would rather not sleep with Thaddeus Ross, but you're completely fine with Red Skull. Yeah. You're such a goth. I'm a bit worried about that, if I'm honest. <laughs> That's fine. I'm going to be put on some sort of police profile <laughs> thing now. Um, completely fine. So in conclusion, um, that's our hot take on Infinity War. Yeah. Just because, you know, why why would we want to approach this film in well, any... clearly we're just really thirsty, aren't we, we just, I would rather... Clearly we're going to have to objectify everyone in this film because that's what we're good at, so... So there you go. Look, we balanced this podcast episode out with equal levels, social commentary <laughs> and thirsty hotness so to round this up um yes. w- what's your obsession of the week my obsession... yours would be interesting mine's obvious no you do yours first well it's just chris evans isn't it so let's go yeah i figured it probably would be um i think i have multiple obsessions of the week i've been thinking a lot about the fact that we now fancy tom holland which is can i just discuss the moment at which we both realized on that? the tube on the tube yeah on the way to mfm and we last saw some weekend, photos and i happened to go oh did you see that gq thing you went no and i was like oh hang on a second and i showed see, you 21 22 22 okay 22 is fine because we know that's my we base. will share that gq photo set because it's mm-hmm. it's exceptional really really good so that's a revelation for I us i mean we definitely need to share it because it's a, it is a wonder to behold yeah. my other <clears> thing um is um the the timothy chalamet stan oh my god community who now hate us hate for bringing us. up the fact that um he was caught snogging yeah so timmy was apparently caught snogging um a blonde a mystery blonde, mystery blonde. at can um which hurts my very soul april cracked a joke on twitter that it was me in a wig which obviously was probably was you. um probably was me um and the 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 timothy stan community um came at us pretty hard for you know spreading all kinds of disgusting gossip and so funny so um i'm just enjoying the fact that they're probably silently watching every single i think it's a wake-up call whenever i think i'm like vaguely obsessed with someone there's always someone out there the more there's always someone who's created a 
Timmy updates Twitter feed. Yeah, there's someone, there's someone out there that's more hardcore than us. So that was a bit of a like, oh, okay, we're fine. I enjoyed that. We continue on. What's your phone background right now? My phone background right now. Who is April? It's FP. It's Skeet Ulrich. Skeet, 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 Skeet. Um, he is on a motorbike. He has a leather jacket on and a neckerchief. I'm really into neckerchiefs at the a moment. A motherfucking neckerchief. Um, so he's, I mean, for a show that's just made up of hot people and that's all, they're all incredibly attractive. I want to have sex with all of them. He, like FP, I don't like think I've ever fancied Skeet Ulrich really until in the now. Past. He until has got now. better with age. He just is very handsome now. He's when he was in so like, handsome. Scream, was not ass. I, um, I probably still bang him as Billy. Yeah, probably would, one hundred percent. But like, not that fast. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is like major fuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. major fuss. 100%. Making a big old fuss. What's your phone background? <laughs> and your obsession of the week is Chris Evans. My, I'm just in a. Oh, look hole. what your. Wallpaper so, is. Do you know where this works on so many levels, right? So my phone background is currently a picture that I think this is from a, I don't know what publication it was from, but it's basically it's Chris Evans wearing a pair of jeans and a denim shirt, and he's eating a bowl of cornflakes. You love cornflakes. I love cornflakes. Yeah. I, love I feel like cornflakes. he posed like that specifically for you. He's got beard, nice some nice hair. I'm just really reevaluating my feelings on Chris Evans because I've always thought like he's pretty hot, but I've never been like overwhelmed and it's really in the last few years i have a missing genome because you don't get the chris evans yeah that's fine i think i'm missing something is it an actual strand of dna okay the chris evans dna can someone find it for me i just think he's really normal he's just really down to earth and like Mm. a thing i learned it's not particularly nice april (laughs) because he's normal Um, normal and nice have you seen his dog i have seen pictures of the dog you know what i learned is that he named his dog Dodger after a character in Oliver and Company, a low-key Disney film. Oh my god, the one with the cat? Yeah. Wow. I and, thought and you when... were going to say Oliver the Musical. No. Should have called him Bullseye. But when I, looked at, <laughs> when I looked at the pictures of Dodger from Oliver and Company, it looks exactly like his dog. Oh, really. so same, I was hoping you'd markings. say... And it was a poodle. <laughs> it was a poodle. No, it looks very similar to... I just... I don't know, man. I just am experiencing some reevaluative feelings, which I think is healthy for everyone, really. Let's you all... From hereby call you April Evans. <sighs> doesn't sound right, does it? I'll be over this soon. I just need to get out of this Infinity War funk. Okay. Well, hopefully today has been like a catharsis for you. I think it was more that I was looking at pictures of him with the moustache that he had in the... But he had for Broadway, and I was like, "What that big old broom handle moustache?" It's like that's fine. So there we go. I think I probably prefer him with the moustache. Okay, well there you go. Bit bad boy. Just like dads and cops. Dads Um, and cops. So um, that's us done for. You can find us online. We're on Twitter at the Thirst, SoundCloud.com forward slash the Thirst Pod. You can subscribe and review us on iTunes by searching the Thirst. Instagram, we're at the Thirst Pod. Our Tumblr with all our links and stuff is thethirstpod.tumblr.com, and you can email us thethirstpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time. It all starts with Frankenstein. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, which uses the Promethean myth, which her husband Percy Bysshe Shelley wrote about, and they were both friends with Lord Byron, who kept a bear at Cambridge, and was the key shaper of the Romantic movement, which Oscar Wilde would be at the tail end of when he wrote Dorian Gray. He was influenced by a Yellow Book, which inspired the publication of a magazine called The Yellow Book, which specialised in lustful and violent tales, in which John Buchan was published, according to Betjeman, who wrote about Wilde's arrest. And Buchan wrote The Thirty Nine Steps, which later became a Hitchcock film, before he made Psycho, which was based on a Dean who made corpses into ornaments, unlike Victor Frankenstein, who made a man by grave digging and stitching corpses together. You done? Not even slightly. 
The Frankenpod. It's a podcast stitched together from the corpses of mystery, noir, gothic literature and cinema. Subscribe to us on your podcast app.